And now, the national anthem. Party Rock is in the house tonight. Everybody just have a good time. And we gonna make you lose your mind. We just wanna see you shake that. Okay, okay, okay. All right, was really getting into it. was really getting into that. Uh, thank you. I uh, appreciate the enthusiasm. But everybody, yeah. guys, it's happy America time. Isn't America the best? Woo! We always were the winners. Yeah. Gun trick. We, we love. We got. Bam. For the audio listeners, we got a gun. We have a Captain America poster. We have Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn a Monroe, woman? the uh, America's sweetheart, you might say. We have a. Uh, what do we got here? We got Independence Day. We got uh, My Fellow Americans, Red Dawn, just American stuff all over America today. Everywhere. We've got a Wendy's. Wendy's, what is that? A strawberry lemonade? Strawberry lemon strawberry red for America. It's a red, white, and blue cup. What more do you need? I'm personally repping the NCR. So. Nice. I got a gray t-shirt. Pretty cool. <laughs> How's that American? Uh hello. Okay. <laughs> I mean, right. how, I mean, how could I have not seen? But guys, it's episode 33, of the Stagler. Um, 33 is a special number. Obviously, as you guys know, every minute in America, 33 bullets are shot. <laughs> so that's why we decided to, to, to do this episode. Low number. It is surprisingly low, right? Guys, I mean, this is what these liberals want, is they want 33 bullets per minute. We need to up those numbers. We need to bump those numbers up. I'll do it right now. Bam, 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 bam. bam, bam. Real quick. Anyway, uh, episode 33 of The Stagler. It's like a week after the 4th of July, basically, so that's why we're doing it this. We're talking about some just patriotic goodness. As This is as patriotic as it gets right this, We will never be more patriotic than our... I mean, the opening of the show is maybe the most patriotic thing that's ever done. Could be. Like, there's there's the the soldiers fighting on the front lines, but I mean, does that really compare? No. To, I mean, we have two microphones, a camera... A gun. A gun... How many cameras did, did the soldiers in World War II have? Like two, maybe? And I bet you they didn't have the Rat King either. They didn't have the Rat King from Destiny 2. Was it the first one? No, the second one. Destiny 2 exclusive. And they definitely didn't have Marilyn Monroe. Well, actually, they sort of maybe did. Not at war, though. Not at war. We have, we her, have her right, right here. here in the front lines. Singing the national anthem of America. <laughs> party rock. The party like, rock anthem. Yeah. Who's that by? LMFAO. What's so funny? <laughs> all right good one anyway uh how does this show work weeks what have you been doing for the for Talk, the weeks we besides about... you know american things well in incredible america fashion i started one of the great american treasure trilogies that everyone just loves so much it's one of the one of the great one of the one of the great best-selling novels young adult fiction novels that turned into movies ever. It's just so great. Sure. Uh, Divergent. Just uh, amazing okay. stuff. I watched the first one. Can I ask why? I don't know. Okay. I mean, I watched it with some friends. Okay. So there's why. We're going to watch all three of them. We just watched The Maze Runner. Okay. Interesting. So now we're doing Divergent. Where are you at with Percy Jackson? Well, see, the thing about Percy Jackson is it only has two. Oh, okay. Well, the third one, maybe it's still coming. 
Well, see, no, because the they the second one they they did them dirty and they added like the third and the fourth book into the second movie. That's why everyone hated it. Oh, okay. Well, I've never read or seen. Neither have I. I've read the first book, but that's it. Okay. I haven't read Divergent. I remember seeing it when it first came out, like forever ago. It's the girl from uh, uh, Big Little Lies, no? Yeah. Uh, I know. I I do like her. Sh- Shailene, Shailene Woodley. Woodley. Shailene Woodley. Yes. Yep. yep. It's got Theo James too. It's got Miles Teller. It's got oh, Zoe Kravitz. I did know that. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's one other famous person that I can't nail down right now. Anyway, this movie is not very Stamp? good. Huh? Oh, okay. Is it who? I was asking if it was Terrence Stamp. I don't think so. Okay. Um, but anyway, if you don't know what Divergent is about, basically it's like she's a, di- she's different. She's she's not like other girls. She's Divergent. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this. Uh, like dystopian, apocalyptic okay, dystopian society where there's two boys that are like kind of different. Maybe one's closer to her, and then one's a little more distant. But she doesn't know who she's in love with. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just kind of running through, you know, Good. the tropes. That was close though. But it's a side society where basically there's like once you hit a certain age, you probably have to wait for the second movie for the second boy. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I've only seen the first one, but there's like five different groups that you get put in. Well, you don't get put in. You get to choose. Oh, really? Yeah, which is great choice. So there's houses. So is she a Slytherin? Yeah, kind of like that. There's like the names are really weird, but there's basically like gray, blue, orange. The other one and then Dauntless. Dauntless. Which Dauntless are the cool cats. Yeah, I want to be Dauntless. They run around and they do parkour and stuff. Yeah. And then the blue people are like the smart ones. Okay. And then the orange people are like the farmers. And oh. then the other ones, I don't really know what they do. And then the gray ones are like the neutral. They don't have opinion. Well, they have opinion, but like they're like super chill. So they're like in control kind of because okay. they have no like, they're not like, oh, this is good and this is order. bad. Okay. They don't have like a moral compass. Well, wait, I don't know. They're just like, this they're sounds real well written. They're real neutral. <laughs> And so she's born in the gray. She has the gray. She's in the gray family when she's born. Sure. But so she's old enough now where she can choose to like do which one she wants to go to. But apparently it's like a big dishonor to your family if you choose like another one other than the one that you're in. Okay. And they have two. I remember the other person. Ansel Elgort is in this movie. Oh. <laughs> which is just bad look. Yeah. Uh, there's brother and sister. And he goes to the blue people and the parents are like, oh my. And so now she's like, oh, gee, I have to pick the one. But she's like, you know what? I don't care. Dauntless. Oh, my gosh. That's I mean, that's pretty dauntless of her. To yeah, do that. that's pretty dauntless. But the thing is, when she was taking the test earlier, they found out that she's divergent, which means that she doesn't really fit. She doesn't really fit in. You know what I mean? She's different. It's not like other girls. She's not like other girls. She's a little different. She's divergent. You know what I mean? So, but if some, if the big people find out that she's divergent, that's big bad. They Hold on. When you her. say she's divergent, do you mean she's different? Like she's not like other girls? <laughs> she's built different. <laughs> okay. She's not like other girls. Oh, okay. That clears it up. Thank you. So she joins up in Dauntless and she's like, yo, what's up? And Dauntless is all like crazy and shit. Mm. And they're doing all crazy stuff. And that's like the first hour of the movie. It's really boring. That's the first hour? And there's a second hour. Okay. It does get a little better. Okay. So it turns out that Dauntless, they're bad. <gasps> They're the Slytherin. Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah. The it's really the blue people. Well, it's the leader of the blue people. She's like the bad one. Okay. She's like, we need to get rid Jake of Sully. the gray people. Because the gray people, are, they can't be in control anymore. So we mm-hmm. need to be in control because we're smart. 
and they're using Dauntless to like help out with that because Dauntless is they're kind of like the police too at the same time. Okay. So they use them to like mind control these people, but she can't be mind controlled because she's different. Divergent. Divergent. She's divergent. <laughs> this will come into play. I'm telling you. Okay, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> You're not liking this. No. All right, wrapping it up. They they have a big fight. And they're fighting, and her parents die. Very sad. Unfortunate. Aww. Her parents die fighting for the freedom. And they're like, OMG, and they're fighting the blue people. And then the... the Sully. The wor- this is the worst part of the movie. It's so funny. I laughed <laughs> hysterically when this happened. I knew it was going to happen. They were, like, fighting or whatever, and she's like, you can't... You're you're a blah, 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 gray person, whatever, thing right. about her. And she's like, no, I'm divergent. And, and then, then she <laughs> punches her and they beat her. Nice. And I was like, that was super terrible. That sounds good. Uh, and then they like get away and now they're like going outside of the walls or whatever. Now, the diversion, I mean, it was successful, right? The movies, they got a trilogy, so they must have been be. somewhat successful. Yeah, I guess. I just don't know how in relation to the Hunger Games it was. However, no way. No way I gotta say, this, this system with orange and blue and gray and Dauntless, I mean, who needs all these choices? I like the way America does it. You get red... And blue. And that's it. Don't try to vote for anything else because it won't work. The two-party system, flawless. Imagine with all these parties you get fighting and dauntless and... Yeah, imagine if dauntless was in America. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? I'm a I'm dauntless. dauntless. Imagine if there's divergence. I mean, just terrible. That It's not going to work out in the, in, the, in the world. I mean, it's just facts. Facts and knowledge. Saying. That's what it's all about. Um. Okay. Okay, <laughs> Divergent, really awesome, really awesome. Cannot wait for, you for are the second one, Insurgent, and then the third one, Allegiant. Are I can't you, wait to see what happens. Are you pacing these out, or you do not know when you're going to watch Every them? Every Thursday, so by the next episode, I you'll will have seen, seen the last okay, two. you'll be caught up with the saga. So look forward to my in-depth analysis of the final two movies and the trilogy as a whole and its effect on the youth of America. Sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing I did was I finished the season four of Community. Finally. Oh. I haven't talked about Community in forever. No, you have not. Yeah. But I finished season four. It's shorter. I noticed that the final three seasons are all shorter than like the first three. Isn't that when something with the writers happened um, for the f- final half of the show? I don't know, but what I do know, I don't know like the lore behind the scenes the lore. of Community, but what I do know is that it was very noticeable this season that something was happening. Okay. Because it the season, it wasn't terrible. But you could tell that it didn't feel like the, how the show should normally feel. And a lot of the episodes were kind of yeah. stale and they weren't super funny. Like, there were still funny parts. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell that, like, something was happening to where it, they was weren't it, as, like, creative as Was it as be. drastic? And maybe people don't share this opinion. But was it as drastic to you as, like, The Office was when Michael left? Was it that kind of feeling? or Because uh, for me, that was, like, a pretty big dip. At least for the first yeah, couple I, episodes. I guess after it was kind of the same, just yeah. with you still have all the characters, though. Yeah, I think I also might have heard that um, Donald Glover was also trying to get out of the show at this point. Oh, I think. I, I see, I don't know. Maybe move on and like do stuff like Atlanta or whatever. Interesting. I don't know. I, that's just something I might have read on Twitter once. <laughs> right. Yeah. But all I know is I know that people say that season four is like the worst season. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and I would, I mean, I haven't seen season five, season five or season six, but, but it's, the worst it's so definitely far. the worst so far. Gotcha. But uh, I mean, I still like it. Continues. Yeah. And I'm going to watch season five and season six, which are both short, like, 
like this one. Is so there any reason we'll that happens. it took you second for season four? <laughs> I just never got around to it. Okay. Every now and then, like every like five days, I'd be like, sure. I'll watch an episode of Community while I yeah. eat dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, 20 minutes. So, yeah. And then the other thing I did was Sopranos. Sopranos. Sopranos season 6A. 6A for America. America. That's why we see it's all. We really plan this out, guys. This is actually, we planned this before the first episode of the show. Mm -hmm. We said episode 33, 33 bullets a minute. Everybody knows that. It would all lead up to this moment. Lead up to this moment. Speaking of bullets. (laughs) Speaking of bullets, Tony Tony catches a fat one. Gotcha, Malanga. Uncle June. Oh, <laughs> Uncle Joe, call it police. And he's like, Whoa. that's Tony, by the way. Yeah, that's Tony. He gets shot in it's the shot. first episode of the season. By Junior. I watched, I just want to tell you that you didn't start watching the season until like the week after yeah. whatever. So I watched that episode like literally right after our last show. So I was sitting on that for a while. Where oh, I was like, I can't wait till he finds out that Tony gets shot. <laughs> um, it's pretty crazy. It is crazy. And it's not just like he gets shot, like he's he's down bad. That doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> he's down bad after he heals, sure, but he's not down bad. Not while he's shot and clinging for his life. Yeah. This has um so he gets shot, he gets to the hospital, and he they're like, he's really, really bad. Everybody come in and you know He's probably going to die. Probably gonna die. Well, spoilers, he doesn't, he's fine. But he has a psycho dream experience crazy that's like two ep- two episodes two and a half episodes long yeah it, it like goes for a while not just straight all dream the whole time right but yeah it lasts other that things long. happening like people crying and stuff right <laughs> basically it's just the dream and people crying where he is kevin finnerty and he's like some sort of salesman and he's doesn't have his like uh he's lost all his identification and he's basically stuck in new york right mm. um and it's him just kind of like moseying around <laughs> doing stuff as this guy um, and, and these, these monks don't like him. And these monks don't like him very much. And he has this wife who I couldn't quite tell. I couldn't tell who the voice was. Whose voice it was, but it might have been the woman who killed herself. Oh, okay. It might have been her. I'm not sure. And I have another reason why I think that. And that's because, I mean, the sequence is very interesting, but there's not really too much to talk about it without getting into real nitty gritty. Um, the end of this coma, he goes to this inn in the woods or something like that. Yeah. It has some sort of name. And uh, his cousin, Anthony Blundetto, is there, Steve Buscemi, and he's like, here, let me take your bag and come inside. And Tony's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go inside. He's like, no, and he keeps reaching for the bag, reaching for the bag, and it's obvious at this point that if he goes inside, he's going to die. Yeah. Um, and to me, it was kind of sig- symbolizing that he was going to go to hell because Steve Buscemi is there. His character is definitely going to hell. <laughs> and if the voice on the phone was the woman who killed herself, she would have gone to hell as well. So to me, since those, as far as I remember, are the only two face, well, the only one face and maybe voice that yeah. we see slash hear, um, I think that stands to reason. Um, I don't know. I guess you don't have to view it so that way, but heaven and hell or whatever, but that's just how I ended up viewing it. Because it's obviously that he didn't want to move on. And the thing that really keeps him from moving on, I thought was interesting, uh, was Meadow. Meadow was the one, her as like a little girl, like shouting dad and just like him being like, oh, what's that noise? And that kind of keeps him hooked to the to the earth side, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually he wakes up and everyone's like, oh, Tony, yay, awesome, cool. And during this whole time where he was kind of put out, you had 
a lot of power things going on. Sylv ended up taking charge mostly yep. from Tony's things, but he kind of found out that it's a lot of stress. You know, what Tony does, maybe he realized a little bit, it's a really big job, mm -hmm. you know, and I think plenty of people don't realize how much he goes into it for him. So it's nice seeing people get that perspective, or at least Sylv. Yeah. And uh, even Vito is, like, trying to make a move, which during the episodes, I was like, Vito, what are you doing? Like, what? He's like, I could be the boss of this family one I day. I could be the boss of this family. And Carmela's like, hey, you need to watch out for Vito. He's like a weirdo. Um, And we'll get into Vito later. Yeah, he plays a big part. Big part. Big part. In the, I mean, it's the biggest thing in the season. Um, Anyway, I don't know if you had this experience, but I got really attached to the saying that was left and so did tony the saying that was left in his hospital room do you remember the saying on this don't note? don't go about in pity for yourself the wind okay no i mean you're getting it but wrong okay yeah <laughs> it's and i don't know if i'm gonna get it exactly correct but it's sometimes i go about in great pity for myself and all the while a wind carries me across the sky Ding, something like that Come on. except i think the great went before wind and not pity Anyway, that was just on a sticky note in handwriting, just on his thing. And Tony was looking at it, and he was like, oh, who put that up there? And he's like, Janice. She's like, I didn't put that up there. By my sister. And it's like, oh, did Meadow? It's like, oh, no, Meadow liked it. So it's like, nobody knows who did it. And they never answer it. And it's obviously that it's not supposed to be answered, but I really want to know. And the main person you go to is like Melfi, um, that she would leave it up there. But, mm. you know, who knows? Because who else? If it's not Janice, it's not Meadow. Who's going to be putting a uh, Ojibwe saying on the hospital thing? I mean, you're right. Right, you know? You're right. But again, it could just have been a passerby who was like, it looks like this person needs this. Yeah, right. You know, they've left it totally out in the open for like character purposes. Mm -hmm. Because Tony, I don't know if you caught it, he really latches onto the phrase. He does. And, you know, he tells like, Paulie, he tells Arthur, he tells everyone lot. that like, oh, you're going around in pity for yourself. He says it to like everybody except himself, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. But he's like, oh, every day is a gift now. And that's how he's trying to approach his new life. And um, that kind of goes with Tony throughout the rest of the thing. The only main things that other than uh, stuff with Johnny, I guess, just the normal business things. I was just going to switch ahead to when he's healed, just staying on Tony's character. He has to deal with Vito, which we'll get into. And he meets a real estate agent who wants to sell, wants him to sell to her his, like, business. His, this, chi the, chicken, the chicken, the chicken place. Like, butchery or whatever. Yeah. Hatchery. And uh, he's like, I don't, but let's make out. And he's like, wait, this isn't cool. I can't have sex with you. And uh, it's like, you think it's a character development. He's a new man. Except then, I'm pretty sure later on, he yep. gets roadhead from some bimbo anyway. Yep. So it's like, eh. It's baby steps, I guess. I guess, but then he tries to get back with her again, but she's the one who turns him down, and she is with Chris. Gets with Christopher, Chris, Chrissy. So what's happening with Christopher? This Chrissy season? wants to make a movie. Chrissy wants to get back into the movies. He, he, he calls up. Uh, what's his name? The tiny, tiny calzone. What the frick is his name? Capone scene. Oh, the actor. Yeah. Ben the, Kingsley. Yeah, Ben Kingsley. He's ben like, Kingsley. I want you to be in this movie. It's like Saw meets The Godfather. It's called Cleaver. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, oh, what? <laughs> and he's like, look, they give me free stuff. I'm rich and I get all this free stuff. And Chris is like, this seems backwards. 
And Ben Kingsley is like, I'm out. This movie sucks. Uh, well, he doesn't say that, but that's what his actions say. Yeah. And uh, it totally falls through because obviously it would. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he's kind of sad about that. He's like, oh, it's too bad. So he's like, drugs. He gets get back into bad habits. He gets on the junk again. And uh, so does the real estate lady, actually. They kind of yeah. enable each other because they met at uh, AA meeting. Yep. And uh, basically, he's kind of scared about it because he knows that it's sort of ter- uh, Tony's territory, even though he never really did anything, um, that it could be sort of weird. But it seems like it's maybe not that huge of a deal. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. We I guess we'll find out. But that that's pretty much... Oh, wait. And he proposes to his new girlfriend, Kelly. Like right. immediately because she gets pregnant. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And they buy Johnny Sack's house. Car. Or no, no, car. 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 Yeah. Right. Buy his car. Right. And uh, which eventually gets towed away because stuff Johnny Sack's in. But um, yeah, so they're getting married and Kelly's just a character. She's maybe had four lines. You know? She's like, I'm so happy that we're getting married. She's and like, he's like, shut the fuck up. Who is this character? I don't know. Yeah. He's obviously with his guma, the real estate agent. And uh, yeah, so he... It seems like, you know, since it's his kid, and that was a big thing with Adriana, that she might not have been able to have kids, um, even though we don't know if she's alive or dead yet. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that she d- might not have been able to have kids, so that's why he attached so strongly and went through with the marriage thing right away instead of having her abort it or whatever. Um, and that's pretty much Chrissy. Yeah. That's pretty much Chrissy. Who you want to hit next? Artie? Your dude? Artie? What happens to Artie? He's, he's got, got a, a failing big, he's got a business. Big He's, he, he's got basically an episode committed to him where his business is kind of failing. There's this new restaurant that opened up in town with this young guy. And everyone's like, oh, this place rules. The food at Vesuvio, the vagina restaurant, is kind of, I don't know, it's failing a little it's bit. Mid. It's slipping. His meat people are kind of like stiffing him or something. He's had troubles with like the food. Um, but he's going on and he's always talking to everybody. and Just annoying, really annoying the shit out of him. Um and uh, Tony even has to come talk to him and be like, you know what? Just shut up. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to hear you talk. And Artie doesn't like it at first, but I I don't know, Artie. And then his, uh, the the waitress, not the waitress, but like the, the hostess. The hostess. His new hostess was like stealing money from him. Some sort of American Express like scam or whatever. And he got really upset about that. So mm. he ends up he beats up i don't remember his name but one of the, the guy, one of the dudes the, one of the made men and he beats him up and then he's like i'm gonna fucking kill him yeah i'm gonna kill him and tony's like whoa don't and so kill he him. puts his hand in the in the tomato sauce right and like burns him and, and then he's like oh that's my crimping hand <laughs> <laughs> but then he ends up doing the the two for one the two-for-one special, and it gets a bunch of old people. Yeah, and he feels a little down about that. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do, I suppose. You know, I got to change with the times. I guess. Poor Artie. Poor Arthur Buko. I don't know. He does it to himself, the man. That's Artie. Should we do Vito, since he's the big Vito's big, one? big this season. Vito's big, like, especially the second half of this season. Yeah. A lot of it's Vito-centric. I mean, he has... I feel like he has, like, two episodes that are almost completely like him, mm-hmm. you know? Um... Vito is just, it just happens that some guys just happen to be doing a collection at a gay bar and Vito happens to be there and they see him. And so he's like, oh no. So he runs away. Right. He runs away to uh, somewhere, somewhere somewhere not too far away, but kind of far away. They probably say it. I just don't remember. Yeah. But he's out of Jersey and wherever. 
He's in like a like you know like a he's in a cute little town. Yeah, it's got like woods and stuff. It's very nice, and uh, obviously because everyone in the thing is like, oh, he's uh, he's a uh, gay. That's no good. Let's kill him. We gotta kill him. And then uh, it makes me sick. That was right. My yeah, Pauly it's really impression. Sick. Yeah, <laughs> and basically everybody feels this way ex- except for Tony. Kinda Tony. Tony obviously is grossed out by it, but he's like also like I don't care. Yeah, he's like, you know, we don't gotta do that. He's he's, it's he's a good honor. To me, it really seemed like, and I don't know if this is true, but it really did seem like Tony was trying to keep face a lot by like, because it, it really seemed to me that he just honestly didn't care like at all. Yeah, no, that's you how know, I feel. That he's like, I don't care because obviously they bring it up. He brings it up with Melfi that people like this who go to prison, you know, for like five, 10, 15 plus years, they get a pass where it's like, oh, if you're in prison for a long time, nobody cares if you do that stuff because like, whatever, there's no women around. But as soon as you get out and do it, then it's like a whole big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so since Vito's doing that, he runs away and he's living just in this town. He says he's a writer and he's just like at a hotel and he meets this guy whose name I don't remember. Johnny Cakes. Yeah, all him. I remember is Johnny Cakes. He works at like a diner and he just happens to... He makes really good Johnny Cakes. Yeah, and he just happens to make a connection with him. And he's like a firefighter and they fall in love, sort of. Kind of. They Yeah, they just have a thing for each other. And... uh they start a relationship. They do. Mm-hmm. For a little bit. They start a little bit. Obviously, Vito is really, at first, he's really defensive and everything. And, um, I mean, nothing too crazy happens, really. They just have a fight. Then they make out. And then he's staying with him for a while. He's trying to uh, uh, adjust to this slow, you know, he's working, like, construction now, like, doing actual work instead of just, like, sitting, watching people do construction. Yeah. And he's having a hard time just adjusting to it all. So eventually he can't take it anymore, and he goes back. He does. Like, I need back. to get back into the life. He kills a guy. Yeah, he just kills a random guy because he just happens to, like, rear-end him. And the guy's like, oh, I'll call my insurance. He's like, okay. And so he shoots him in the head. Bad look. Bad, awful. Like, that's, like, the point of no return. Yeah. So he goes all the way back. He gets a secret meeting with Tony. And Tony doesn't want to talk to him. He's like, why did you come back? Now I have to kill you, basically. Yeah. You know? That was sad. It was sad because um, Tony didn't even want to talk to him. He tried to mm. like literally get out of the situation because he's like, I don't I wish I didn't know this, you know? Yeah. Um, but he's like he tries to set things up because Vito's like, oh, I'll go to Atlanta. You know, I can make connections there. I can make you money there and I won't have anything to do with you. But you'll be getting, you know, kind of like a back pay. Tony's like, fine. But sadly, other people find out specifically Phil Diotardo. This guy finds out. And he goes this against guy. everybody wishes. He goes under everybody's noses and around their backs. And he gets into his hotel room that he's staying in. And he kills Vito. Him and his goons. They don't just kill him. They sodomize him with a pool cue and it's, beat him to death. It's very, very bad. Is Phil Leotardo gay? <laughs> I hope so. You hope so? I think that would be funny. Okay. Well, here's the thing. When he enters the room and Vito gets, you know, apprehended by these thugs, Phil Leotardo makes his entrance by walking out of the closet. Oh. <laughs> he opens the closet door and he walks out and he, he's here to kill Vito. And right there I was like, what? He's like, he walks out of the closet. And then when he's sitting on the bed, he like, there's a, I don't know if it's an expression or what do you call it? But he grips the bed streets, which is kind of like a thing. It's like a, it's like a gay thing. Okay. It is. It, it's like a thing. Like grip the bed sheets, like you know, because whatever. 
Um, I don't know if it's specifically gay coded, but it's sex coded at the very least, you know, grip the sheets. And um, he does that while they're beating Vito to death. So right. it seemed like those two things back to back, I was like, they must be alluding to something going on. And know. it's obviously, you know, a lot of people say that really, really intense homophobia can come from uh, yeah. repressed feelings, you know? So Phil, maybe he went to prison, maybe he did something and he came out and he was like, wait, I like that. And he hates that about it. And that's why his hatred towards Vito is so strong. Um, I've never been a big fan of the idea, especially in real life. <laughs> Of saying that homophobes must be a homosexual. Yeah. I think that's kind of weird. But for the purpose of the show and just the hints they're dropping, that would make sense to me for his character. It would be interesting. I wonder. I mean, even think another thing that I noticed was he was with Vito's wife. He was like, oh, this is so sad that this happened. And he's like, but you can't think about it. And then like in the middle of the conversation, he looks over at a TV that has like wrestlers on it. And he's like, turn that shit off. Yeah, yep, and it's yep. like, it's just normal wrestlers that, you know, they're, I mean, they're in skimpy like speedos or whatever, but it's like, nobody would say anything about that. Yeah. So it really makes you think that it's on his mind a lot. It just seems like maybe that's what they're sort of alluding to. I don't think we're ever going to get a clear answer on that. We got nine more episodes. But in my mind, I'm just going to go with, he probably has repressed feelings and that's yeah. why he's so like angry about it. Um, but that's Vito. And then Tony's like, oh, that sucks, but whatever. Somebody was going to do it right. Yeah. Well, he was already planning to do it. Yeah. He was like, this got to get done, but he's just wish it wasn't so like awful. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty bad for him. Yeah. Tony also gets a new driver. Yeah. What was up with that? He just totally beats the nuts out of well, him. Because he wanted time. to feel powerful. He was looking at everybody's muscles. He was like, this guy's so young and muscular. He thinks he's better than me. Bam. That'll teach you. I'm still the king. I'm the boss. Yeah. And he just, it was just a display of power. Yeah. You know, and the guy was like, oh, what? Beats him good. Beats him. Yeah, very Beats good. Beats him really good. Um, but they, they still, they stay friends. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Polly has, oh. he finds out some very interesting news. Very interesting news. That his mom was a whore. Is not his mom. His mom is his aunt. And his aunt <gasps> is his mom. Yeah. The what? nun lady. So he's like, fuck both of you. Fuck them all. <laughs> Is he British? I went into the Jason Statham mode. Mm -hmm. He was like, fuck yous. I, didn't... I can't do it. I don't know why I can't do it right fuck now. Fuck both of yous. I don't... <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Why did he got... Yeah, I can't do it. It's tough. Anyway, and he's like, I never want to talk to you ever again. And then... And he takes the TV and he throws it out the window. Yeah, and then he's all angry about it for a long time. And his mom's also dead. She makes the confession on her deathbed. Yeah. And then he's, like, all upset about it for a really long time. And then he gets, like, cancer or whatever. And he's, like, kind of, like, dealing with that. Mm -hmm. And then he's, like, you know what? Maybe I was too mean to my mom, who's my aunt. My aunt. But really, here's the thing. And this and goes for like, all you know media what? always. I never thought that the whole, oh, the person who raised me my whole life isn't my mom. It's, like, that's your mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just because she didn't literally birth you. Like, that's important. I think people should be told that. Mm-hmm. But it's still like at the end of the day, is it really that big of a deal? Yeah. It I don't know. Which is the conclusion he comes to at the end of the half. Right. Season. At the end of the thing, he's like, you know he what? He comes back it's, and they watch TV together. They watch TV together and it's his mom. It's very sweet. It is sweet. That's like the one sweet thing Paulie's ever done. Because he also went behind Tony's back and like beat that one kid for money. He, I don't like he, he's a bad person. Paulie's I mean like, they're like all bad people, all but Polly's really bad. Yeah, Polly got ever since he sniffed Adriana's panties, he just went downhill. <laughs> The panty raid. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's him. 
Yeah, that, that that's him this season. And then AJ, I like AJ's arc this this half of the season. He's finally kind of dealing with his emotions, kind of. Is he? Kind of. He's lashing out more. Okay. So you just like that he has stuff to do instead of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I he's agree. being like a stupid kid, and then he's like, I'm going to kill Uncle June for yeah. what he did to Dad. Right, because he was watching his dad in the hospital, and he's like, I can't believe Uncle Junior did this. So he sneaks in. Well, he doesn't sneak in, but he just walks into the like Insane facility place, yeah. for the old crazy people. And he has a knife, but he just drops it. Yeah, and, thing. and he freaks out. And he freaks out and starts crying, and they get Tony to pick him up. And Tony's like, don't you fucking cry. You know how this looks to a family. And he's like, oh, look what he did to you. And he's like, it's not your business. And it really seems like Tony's trying to, you know, he's like, oh, you're a good kid. He's trying to, like, protect his kid from this life that mm-hmm. he leads. You know, Be an event planner. Yeah, he doesn't want <laughs> event planner. What is event planning? Yeah. He doesn't want his kid to follow in his footsteps like he did his dad's, I guess. Which maybe we'll see more of that in the Many Saints of Newark movie coming out October. I don't know, but we'll be know. watching it. We'll be watching it. We haven't we'll... seen the trailer or anything, obviously, because spoilers yeah, last night. No, I don't want to know. You know, I don't want to know if there's any spoilers or anything. I know it's a prequel, but like you prequel, know, but yeah, they could still know. add something crazy. You never know. That w- that actually be crazy if they at the end of that movie had like one scene that was like a lot of years after The Sopranos. I have oh. no idea what that would look like, obviously, but I still think it'd be cool. AJ, he's planning an event. <laughs> it's just a, like a like a ten minute scene of AJ being like, "Okay, we're gonna have the curtains over here, yeah. and you're gonna come out." Yeah. And be like, yeah. And then spotlights are going to go on. and Yeah. That'd be funny. That would be funny. Deleted scenes, maybe. Deleted scenes from the special edition Blu-ray of The Many Saints of Newark, a soprano story. Hmm. Who else we got? What's Carm up to? Carm's doing a lot of introspection. A lot of crying. A lot of crying. I mean, that's Carm. A lot of crying. Her spec house this season is going nowhere because Tony just keeps dragging his feet on talking to the inspector or whatever well but it's kind of her dad's fault it's kind of her dad's fault as well he's the wrong wood and so they had, code. To, they had to like start all over and it's because his dad's kind of her dad's working on like a 30 year old sort of system basically he just hasn't caught up with the times and they have a little friction there yeah um but really a lot of the season is carmella just being like did you talk to the guy did you talk to the guy i'm going to paris did you talk to the guy <laughs> <laughs> but the cold stones i think was the name of the paris episode um, actually like that a lot for yeah. Carmela. I thought it was nice, especially her with Ro and the different way they kind of approached things where Carmela w- was actually internalizing a lot of things happening around her and Ro was free to just kind of discard them and move on, you know, it's just two different people. Yeah. And uh, she is still thinking about Adriana because she sees Adriana's mom at the fair that they have going yeah. on, like the festival. It's like some saint festival whatever and she talks to her and the mom's like i haven't seen my daughter in a year i you know what happened to her leave me alone she's very upset and obviously very depressed and this really affects carmela and she has dreams about adriana like oh is she dead and stuff and she still obviously doesn't know what to do with that information and i expect that'll come up again but who knows we'll see and does i can't does her mom go to the hospital I don't remember she, if she like dies or yeah. maybe I can't remember if they said she died or not. I remember seeing her in the hospital. I don't remember if I heard beep or not. Yeah. Flatline. But she is very unwell at the very least. It's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. 
I did, that was kind of a weird thing because I remember it just like cutting to her. I don't remember there being much of a like context. Around yeah, it. it was a little strange. I didn't even know who it was at first. I was right, like, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's going on with Carmela. She's just thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Paris was nice though. Yeah. And then at the end, she gets started on her spec house again. Cause yay, good for her. They did it. They did it finally. Uh, yeah. All the other. Well, I guess the only other like. Eh, it's not even that big. But I was just thinking we like, didn't Johnny we, Sack. Well, technically, we didn't finish talking about AJ because he gets a job at Blockbuster. Right. Then he gets fired, and then it's like, oh, he's not going to school anymore. And they're like, oh, why? And he's like, eh, I'm going to clubs and spending a thousand dollars a night. And they're like, you're going to work construction. He's like, okay. Yeah. And then he meets a hot 40-year-old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or she's not 40, but she's like older. She has a kid. And they like just start dating in like the very last episode. Yeah. Um, and there's a part where I thought it was kind of, I actually thought it was really funny, where she was like, ah, oh, those guys are so loud. They're waking up the baby. My ex used to beat him up. So AJ puts on his shoes and walks downstairs. And he's like, hey. I'll give you my bike if you leave. <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing. Yeah. I was like, that's hilarious. That They're like, funny. okay. They're like, yeah, sure. that's a nice bike. Um, it was funny, one, because he did it, and two, because it worked. Yeah. I expected right. them to just beat him up and take the bike. But no, they were just like, yep, cool. Sure. Um, and uh, Bobby gets shot in the eye. That happens. Well, he gets they shot miss in him the ground. And it deflects, and the ground deflects into, into his, his eye. eye. He's got eye patch now. Yeah, he's punished. Bobby. He also shoots a dude in the in the butt. He does shoot the guy in the butt. That happens right at the beginning of the season. That's right. <laughs> that was funny. He shoots a rapper in the butt for clout. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I could sh- I could shoot you if you wanted to, me too. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Does. That was kind of funny. Um, that I mean, that whole thing was interesting. You had Tony Soprano, some like famous rapper, and then the old guy, the old I rocket scientist, yeah, who had like cancer in his larynx or something yeah i really like that i did like because him well. and tony had like these really like deep like they had a rapport yeah it could have been him Fox that left the note were cool. i guess oh yeah i didn't think about that because he was talking about how like everything's like a twister and like you think things aren't connected but they are mm. it's interesting yeah. Guy. I, yeah it was cool the little connection they had and when they were all just like in the room like watching like whatever they're watching some sort of sport boxing or something i was just like this is kind of cool yeah i was like these are some neat guys i'd hang out with them yeah i'd stick in the room i'd hold the antenna out the window the yeah whole night. <laughs> yeah that was good um johnny sack he's his big thing i feel is his daughter's wedding right yeah the wedding um that actually made me really mad made me mad too you have the whole time the fbi obviously he's like still in prison so they gave him like a release but it's like oh you have to have guards Six with hours, you the whole time it's only six hours. You'll have guards. You'll be escorted there and back. Mm. You know, you can't go anywhere. It's can't drink anything. Yeah. And so it's very, very strict. But he's like, I don't care. That's fine. It's my daughter's wedding. Yeah. Um, And that actually affects Tony, too, because he almost, like, passes out because he had just gotten out of the hospital. And he, like, basically almost passes out in front of everybody. And people start kind of, like, questioning, mm. you know, what he can do or whatever. And the thing that really makes us mad is at the end of it, while she's literally driving off, it's the end of the night her and her husband are just driving off to leave and then the wedding's over yeah they stop her yeah they, they pull up right in, front in front of, of her, her car and basically make her watch them like first whatever reason like detain johnny sack instead of just asking him get in the car they like handcuff him and like put his head down like for no reason they could have just been like okay it's time to go just walk over to the car 
like you've been doing the whole night complying and everything but they're like no get yeah, in the car a huge scene about it and, and johnny sack starts like crying bawling yeah you know he's like oh my daughter's wedding days ruined i can't believe this and everyone's like johnny sack's a pussy <laughs> Yeah, literally. Though. But then Tony's like, what the heck? Guys, it's his daughter's wedding. What? Yeah, what are we doing? It's very interesting uh, seeing all these guys who you think, was this Tony season one, episode one? You know, is that how he would have felt if he saw this? Would he have been like, oh, that Johnny Sack? Yeah. And it's just the whole show is this kind of the effects that we've been seeing is him being like, no, that makes perfect sense. He's a human being. Yeah. You know, uh, that's kind of what I took from it. It's like maybe... This is a different Tony from the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing that, just like a little thing that I liked was the that I don't know his name, but the one FBI agent who's now part of the anti-terrorism. Yes, they just there's like a, a couple scenes where he'll just like be in the sandwich shop, like he eating lo- his he sandwich, loves the sandwich, and they'll shop. just like talk to him, and he's like, "Yeah, what's up?" They're like, yeah. "How's the anti-terrorism going?" He's like, hey, "It's okay. Yeah, it's good. Do you know any terrorists? Maybe." <laughs> he's like, "This is a good sandwich." Yeah, I just, I don't yeah. Know. The whole deal with him, I I still can't even tell if he's like really that on the level or not you know yeah. or if he's got some sort of ulterior motive but he's a cool dude uh-huh. for sure but yeah but there's that one part where he's like tony you should probably everyone's, watch out yeah everyone's kind of gunning for you tonster which i thought was kind of cool it is cool i don't know i just i, I don't know how moral that. it is but <laughs> it is cool i guess the one last thing is that meadow is planning on moving to did did move did move to california california to be with finn she's basically going to stay there for now and yeah. it's just kind of up in the air. And she pulls it out of nowhere. Like, yeah. just kind of brings it's like it up It's like 2 o'clock night. in the morning. She's like, I'm moving to California forever. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. And they're like, oh. And then the end of the season is Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry bah humbug. Christmas. But that's too bad. That's my Merry favorite holiday. Christmas. Yeah, they have Christmas. And he's like, oh, what a beautiful family we have. Just like the end of the first season. End of season 6A. Now we got 6B. It's only nine episodes. And guys... We'll just tell you now. Yeah. We're planning on the next episode. We're not going to take a break episode. It's going to be done by episode 34. We'll have seen all of the Sopranos. Yeah. Can't and we'll wait talk about season 6B and maybe do a little recap on just our feelings over the whole show. Um, just how we feel it is, how we feel it aged, you know. And uh, you'll get that next next episode. Yeah, buddy. Okay. I have still have to do my week. Yeah. <laughs> we're We're getting there. Well, I also started a trilogy, but I finished a trilogy as well. Wow. And I watched the Conjuring trilogy. Wow. Because I think we brought it up last episode, and I said I'd never seen it. Yeah. Now I've seen them all. Okay. Thoughts? Concerns? James Wan, right? The first two. Third one is somebody else. Famed director of Furious 7. Yes. (laughs) That's what he's known for. Conjuring 1, 2, and 3. I don't know where to start, I guess, with the first one. Conjuring 1 is good. Okay. Conjuring 1's a good movie. It is not what kind of movie I thought it was. You probably have an idea of what The Conjuring is in your head. You're like, oh, it probably goes like this. And it's just like kind of how you just think of like generic horror movie, I guess. Like, oh, that's probably what The Conjuring is. Conjuring 1 is not that. It has, you know, whiff, uh, wafts of that, you know, but it has a lot of... I think what strung me along in The Conjuring 1 was a lot of the actual filmmaking. Okay. And it's if, James Wan. If you know me, well, really, I'd like to shout out. Oh, I'm going to need to have to figure it out because I don't want to shout out, but I'll talk about other stuff while I go. Um, the okay. Conjuring 1 is just these two paranormal investigators who are real people, um, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Right. 
And isn't hold on, isn't that the deal with all the movies? They're all like supposedly like, real cases like, that they like went real on. things. Yeah. yeah, they're obviously very, very dramatized. Right. Because yeah, if yeah. these things actually happened, there'd probably be a lot more coverage on them. But they say they did to a certain extent, you know. Um, and so there's the paranormal like investigators, and they basically just go around talking about it, and they have this museum in their house which is like these are all the haunted items that we've collected and you know saved people from and they just kind of stay here okay. and the very opening of this movie is actually the annabelle doll it's like the cold open is just the annabelle doll story of like oh, okay. how it got it and obviously that spun off into its own trilogy i think i thought annabelle only has two annabelle annabelle creation creation annabelle comes home when did that come out i don't know <laughs> but i'm pretty sure that happened hmm. Um, yeah, because I can see it on IMDb right here. Okay. Anyway. <coughs> um, so there's this family who just moved into a new house, and they start experiencing ghostly things. You know, just ghostly. ghost stuff starts happening. And they, uh, first they kind of ignore it. It's just kind of, you know, average movie fare. And this is the first half of the movie. Ed and Lorraine aren't really a big part of the first half. And that kind of follows for the next movie as well the first half is just the family and the second half is mainly focused on ed and lorraine yeah and i want to point out just right away patrick wilson who plays ed and vera whatever who plays uh, vera farmiga yeah sure who plays lorraine they're both very good but specifically patrick wilson i for some reason i really like him in this movie i just think he good 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 he does something that just really helps the characters good with it the bad thing that overshadows all these movies is that there are allegations that ed and lorraine warren were like uh, they had like a live-in sex child at their home from like ages 14 to like 20 okay that lorraine knew about but ed would like actually fornicate with and stuff so there's that normal, normal stuff i mean yeah it's all ghosts I mean, this America, <laughs> right? America, you're right. You it's know, the the America, America that's the American dream. And, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of allegations that, you know, and of course everyone's saying like they make all this stuff up, blah, blah, blah. Just sort of that kind of snake oil stuff as well, obviously. Yeah. But a lot of the other things like Ed may have been an abusive husband or whatever. Ed died before any of these movies came out. And I think Lorraine died like in 2019. So, this might sound weird to say, but that makes watching these movies easier for me because <laughs> I know they're dead and they can't, they aren't profiting off it anymore. Right. Um, so I'm like, Oh, I don't care that I've seen them because I don't want to feel like I'm helping abuser or whatever. Right. Um, but the person I want to shout out is John R. Leonetti because he did the cinematography for this movie. Hmm. And, um, I just want to say that if you put, if you guys know me, if you put a zoom in your movie, uh, I'm, I'm going to like it. Big zoom guy. Yeah. Yep. If you put a lot of zooms in your movie, like this movie, Lots of I'm going to love it. So there's a lot of zooms in this movie. And I honestly think that horror has to be the best genre for zooms. There's just some sort of like dread kind of associated with the, the claustrophobic feeling of like zooming That's in on true. something, you know, it feels really, really good because mm. it also feels like voyeuristic. Like it's somebody watching somebody. Yeah. The zooms are like perfect for horror, and I want to see it in every horror movie from now on forever. Okay, I'm sure that all the horror filmmakers are writing this down right now. They better be, dude. They're just so good. Write I love zooms. Down, People down. who hate zooms make me mad because they're dumb. Zooming is cool. Zooming is amazing. They're, the camera can zoom for a reason. Yeah, I mean, 
utilize obviously we already see the dolly zoom used a lot and stuff like horrors and thrillers right but, but that's even not just the same. even just i mean i like dolly zooms too yeah they're but, cool but, but normal zooms actually. have something different to them too yeah. um so anyway there's this family they're basically like what's going on there's a demon oh no <gasps> so the wife just happens to go to this like event where she sees ed and lorraine talking and she's like oh i think my house is haunted they're like okay they go in, they're like, oh my God, this house is super haunted, you guys. <laughs> He's like, I noticed it before I got to the house how haunted this place was. Apparently, there's this witch who killed herself, and they're like, oh, it's going to attach itself to the weakest member of the family. So they have like four daughters or something. So they're like watching everybody. And there's like a sort of, there's a narrative that lasts for like maybe three minutes of like, who is it possessing almost? Daughter number three? No, it's the mom. You misled me. <laughs> Right. There's sort of a thing for like a second where it's like, oh, is it possessing the kids? Or basically it's like, oh, it's going to break down your your defenses. It's going to suck your life force and then it's going to possess you. And it's like it wants to possess the mom to kill the kids. That's right. what it wants to do. And so it ends. She's possessed. She there. She's in the basement like levitating, spinning around, tied to a chair, you know, making demonic. Normal, normal possession stuff. Yeah. She must have been just like that time of her month. It was just normal woman stuff. Wow. <laughs> No, but it also, it's like the 50s or the 60s or whatever. Oh, Um, okay. 60s, 70s, probably. And uh, so, yeah, she's possessed. They are like, oh, we need a real priest to do the thing. Oh, there's no time. You have to do it. But it's so dangerous. I I don't care. And they do it, and they save the day. Nobody dies. She gets really close. She has a knife, and she's all exorcist face-like. And she's like, and like she's about to stab, and then... Don't, they're like, don't do it. And she's like, okay. And she stops. Fine. Fine. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> Drops Whatever. the knife. And she's like, oh, my baby. I'm so sorry. Um, and that's the end. Nobody dies except the dog. Are you fucking kidding the me? The dog dies. Dog's the first one to go. The dog got, dies like immediately, which is also kind of like a weird nitpick with this movie where they get to this house. And I think it's literally their first night sleeping in the house. And they go outside and their dog has been like ripped in half. And they're like, huh, weird. <laughs> what the fuck? No, it's not been ripped in half, but it has like it's dead, and they're like, "That's a little weird." They, they cry up. for like a day, but I don't know. I just feel like if my dog just mysteriously died the first day after I moved to a house, I'd just be more broken up. Yeah, maybe it's a new dog. <laughs> maybe they just adopted it. They're <laughs> just like, oh, "That's kind of strange." Uh, what the freak? Anyway, man. the Conjuring one, if not just for the filmmaking stuff, which is honestly good, it, and it's not just zoomings. There's really cool scenes where it's like. Okay, this is going to be a really terrible because this is like a visual, but you have the camera just looking straight, and then when a character looks under the bed, it doesn't just pedestal down, but it also rotates like a 180, so it's like looking under oh, the, the yeah. bed and stuff like that. That's cool. It's just a really cool stuff like that, um, and obviously like makeup and stuff is all, is all nice in the film. The worst thing about the movie is the father character. He's just not a great actor. He's fine in the calm parts. But, like, when her head's, like, spinning around and she's, like, screaming that she's going to kill everybody, he's like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> and it's like, dude. Is there anything that we could that's do? That's your wife. He's like, I can't let you do this. <laughs> it's really funny. He's sadly the worst part of the film. Conjuring 2. 2. Conjuring 2, I thought was worse. Still James Wan. I thought was worse. It's the same story, except it's British. British. And it's, like, a nun lady. Who's evil? I'm British. Which is the spinoff, The Nun. It came into The Nun. When they're possessed, are they like, Oi! 
in it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they're like. Um, anyway, it's this one. It's a little girl who gets possessed, and uh, she gets possessed by this weird. This is like the whole plot that I'm spoiling, but by this demon called Valak. Cool name. It is a cool name, but here's the problem. Valak. Again, I don't want to like toot my own horn or anything, but there's a scene very early on in this movie where they're like sitting in a kitchen, Ed and Lorraine. And in their, it's like Christmas time during this movie. And in the window, I saw like a sign that said V-A-L. And I was like, V-A-L? Why do they have a Valentine's thing up on Christmas? So it really got to me because if you see V-A-L, I just feel like you think Valentine's, right? But no, it says Valak. It's like just random letters and it just spells out Valak. And it's like in their kitchen twice. And then on their bookshelves, they have like little letter bookends that spell like there's a V up here, A up here, L, you know, spells out Valak. And Valak is like, I think I saw it three times in the movie where it was just like in the background. And that's the thing. It's like, oh, we found out her name. Now we can kill her. And I noticed it like right away. That kind of took it away from the movie for me a little bit just because uh-huh. immediately I was like, what's Valak? And then as soon as she said, I wonder what the demon's name in is, I was like, oh, it's Valak. Okay. Gotcha. But that's like the huge mystery. The climax is like, I got it. Yeah. So I'm sitting there the whole movie going, it's Valak. It's in your yeah, kitchen in, three times. In the movie's defense, you are, I would say, abnormally good at predicting things. Okay. Well, okay, maybe. I, if you saw the movie... Or I, figuring things... I wouldn't... Me, I'm really bad at that, so I wouldn't know. Okay. I would be like, oh, whoa, cool. You would have been like, oh, it was there all along, and I didn't... Maybe. Maybe. You'd have to see the movie to figure it out, and I'm not like making Like, when we saw Parasite, just... It, it, the first <laughs> ten minutes of the movie, Justin leaned over to me, and he was like, I bet you... There's, There's a, a family in, in the basement. basement. I did say that. That's true. And I was like, what? No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Yeah, I know. Yep. And then I remember when I... Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the one thing I wanted to shout out in this movie, because I do think it's a little bit weaker overall, mostly because I just don't think I like the family as much. And I have a weird thing. The little girl's possessed, and she's possessed by like a boy voice, like an old man voice. Okay. That always looks hokey to me. There's yeah. no way to make you have a little girl that's going like it just looks fake. And yeah. I don't think it's ever going to be able to not look fake to me. What about in hereditary where they all have the little, the little girl voice, same thing, but the little girl voice makes it scarier. Mom. Right. Exactly. You know, like that's yeah. freakier to me that than a little good. girl with the demon voice. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just testing. Yeah. That that's good. There is one scene, however, which I think is like the standout, like, wow, that was really, really good scene in this movie. Okay. Where it's Patrick Wilson, um, Ed Warren, talking to this little girl. He's like, okay, you have to sit in this chair because this is like the demon's like chair that he likes. And we, we're going to talk to the demon face to face. I'm going to like summon him into you, right? Cool. And she's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> of course. And uh, she's like, oh, the demon won't come. And he's like, why? He's like, because you're all staring at him. And they're like, okay. So they all... <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but it, it is no, cool. sorry. Because he's like, I'm okay. Terrible. So they turn off all the lights, and they all turn around. And so you have... It's like a like a couple minute long scene, or at least feels like it, of this just half the frame is Patrick Wilson's face close up uh, in focus. And then you have the little girl. You see her sitting there. You see her drink her water, and it goes out of focus. And then you see just the shadows and the unfocused, just kind of her head just kind of morph 
and oh, turn into the old man face, but it's so out of focus that you're like, what's happening? And he can't look back either. And you see him kind of like being like spirit. Da, da, da. Hey. And it's a pretty tense scene. Cause you know, he can't look back and it, it's, uh, stand out cool. stand out the best part of the film if you want to even just check out that scene i'd recommend it i thought it was really really cool i'll watch it right now please wait until the end of the show <laughs> that goes for you too um listener yes i thought that was great rest of the movie just a little bit weaker but it spawned the nun i don't know if that's good i'm not gonna watch that then i watched the new one the dev the the devil made me do it. The conjuring, the devil made me do it. Yeah. It's the third one. The third one. It sucks. <laughs> oh. See, no James Wan. No James Wan. I thought it was a really, really big step down. I actually had to watch this in two parts because I was not liking it so much. Oh, dang. So that I watched the first half and then it turned because the. Yeah, I watched the first half and then I went to bed. Then I woke up the next morning and watched the second half. Wow. And uh, it's not good. Basically. There's a guy, there's a little kid, like an eight-year-old who's possessed. And he's like, ah, I'm possessed. The devil made him do it. No. Oh. The devil did not make him do it. His big brother is like, demon, leave my brother alone. Take me instead. So the demon's like, okay, you're like a lot stronger than a child. So sure. And since he invited the demon in, it's like, it works. Idiot. But then he like kills his like girlfriend's, he just like kills his friend. It's actually not that bad. I mean, killing someone is bad, <laughs> but I mean, like, it's not that bad. I expected though. a lot worse when it's like, accept yeah, my power, whatever. Okay. Does that. And then basically they're like, we need to prove in court that he was possessed. So this movie has court scenes. No. <laughs> oh, dang it. You know, how I like a good court scene. Is that the conjuring happening? What the hell? <laughs> Something fell over. Anyway, uh, it's just it's just not that good. The acting isn't that great. Even from No James Wan. The leads, it's like feels weaker. They really, really push hard how great and awesome their marriage and relationship is. Which of course I'm watching this right after reading about how they the abuse allegations or whatever. So I'm just like, okay. Right. And it really hammers it home in this one. That's like the the force. Um, because they get like sort of possessed too in this one. It's just a lot weaker. It's got like too much and not enough going on at the same time. Interesting. I do not recommend it at all I, I again i never break movies up into two parts yeah it must be pretty bad then yeah it, it was it i'll was, take your word for it it was a lot i guess it's just because the first two were like surprisingly good mm. that when the third one was exactly the kind of movie that they thought thought the first two were right. i was like ah oh, that kind of sucks yeah well it's just the james wan difference i've got one more thing okay and it's also a horror movie or at least i thought it was I watched The New Mutants. <gasps> no, you didn't. I watched The New Mutants on HBO Max. 10 out of 10? HBO Max, 11 out of 10. Wow. Here's the thing. Even Actually, better. here's the real deal. I don't hate this movie. Good. I'm happy for you. What I didn't know about this movie, it's hard to hate this movie. I wish I could. So you have The New Mutants. You have... You wish they... Could. Do not ask me any of their names, their superhero names, or their character names. You have Main Girl. She has a superpower where she can like make your worst fear come to life or something, but that you don't know that until the end of the movie. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. That's kind of the point of the film is like, wow, she's so powerful. So they get abducted, you know, and they're like putting this thing. It's like, Oh, there's this lady who's like, we need to make sure you're not dangerous. And if you're not dangerous, you can go work with my, you know, superior. And the kids are all like, Oh my gosh, we're going to be X-Men. Heck yeah. And, uh, so 
you have, yeah, main character, she can make your greatest fear come to life. You have the lady who's taking care of them all. She does like force fields, basically. Cool. Um, you have Anya Taylor-Joy. She, uh, she can make her arm turn into an armored arm with a big like lightning sword. And also she can teleport and like change dimensions. And she has like a pet dragon. Dang, that's a pretty cool power. She, she's like, seems very, very strong. Um, but that's what she does. And then you have a, a guy who can blast off. Like, blast off like, who, wait, who blasts off all the time? Jesse and James from Pokemon. <laughs> We're blasting off again. Oh, I was thinking yeah. of Jimmy Neutron. Got a blast. Oh, yeah. He's like Jimmy Neutron, basically. No, seriously. He just like, he's like... He just bla- he goes really fast, but he has to like wait. He runs or he flies. He just flies like he blasts off. Like he'll go and then very cool. and that's his superpower. Hey, not terrible. Could but also worse. he doesn't seem it doesn't seem like he has invulnerability, so he'll get like really fucked up. Oh, interesting. Like he'll blast off and he breaks his arm. He's like, oh, this is a great superpower. It's going like two thousand miles an hour and a bee hits him in the right. head and he just dies. Exactly. Then you have a guy who's just he is the Human Torch, but I don't think he can fly. He just turns on fire. And he can, like, shoot fireballs. He seems lame. Nah. And then you have... Arya Stark. Arya Stark, Maisie Williams, who can turn into a dog. Like a cool dog? No, just like a wolf. How fitting. Interesting that, yeah. that her character would turn but into But she a can wolf. also turn half wolf. And she does seem like she's a super wolf. Like, she can run faster and jump higher as a wolf. So if... But she can, like, just have claws and sideburns and be, like... And fangs and be like a half human, half wolf hybrid. Okay. So face off, Taylor Lautner in Twilight versus Maisie Williams in New Mutants. Who's winning? Who's winning right now? Right now. Oh my gosh. Naruto well, versus Goku. I mean, I would have to say Maisie Williams only because she has the benefit of being able to go half Z's. Because he can't go half Z's, right? I don't think so. So she could like go human form and like climb a wall mm. or something or like a ladder. But still have claws, you know, so she could like do extra things and that's it. What I didn't know. Okay. Okay. So the cast of kids, they're pretty good. Anna Taylor Joy, Maisie Williams. That's pretty big. That's great. Um, The main actress, don't remember her name. Don't care to. She was the worst. Nice. I don't know why she had to be the worst actress and also the main character, but I thought she sucked. Wow. Like I thought she literally took the movie down like one or two points. Wow. That's brutal. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty mean. That's really brutal. I hope she gets better at her job. Wow. Anyway, what I didn't know what this is the movie is a lesbian movie. Okay. The main character and Maisie Williams are lesbians together. Very nice. And it was pretty it was pretty sweet. You know, it was pretty nice where I was like, oh, this is kind of sweet. Okay. There wasn't any like homophobia present, so it was basically like call me by your name with mutants. <laughs> That's kind of badass though. So because it was just like, oh yeah, they make out and it's like, oh, it's normal. Call and they're me by just like, name with mutants. And they're just like, oh, it's normal, cool, whatever. Although she does try to kill herself at the beginning, but that's understandable. Because um, her whole family just died and she doesn't know, but she killed them all. Oh, dang. So the whole movie, remember how it was kind of marketed as like a horror movie with mutants? Yeah. That's because her power is making your fears come to life. Right. So she didn't know, but this whole time, all this stuff that was happening around the facility was because of her. And she was, like, making their childhood fears and stuff come and attack them. I'm like, the one guy, he's really afraid of being a virgin. So that's how he gets attacked. (laughs) And um, it ends with the lady being like, 
oh, this is too strong. I need to kill her. Right. Um, and all the kids are like, no, you can't do that. And you find out that she's not working for the X-Men. She's working for Mr. Sinister. <gasps> no. Who basically has the bad version of the X-Men. And they're going to become killing machines. And they're like, that's not cool. Let's kill her. And <sighs> we'll show her that we don't kill. Yeah. By killing her. Yeah. And a big bear comes up and eats her. And the movie's over. They're like, okay. They did it. Mm-hmm. Yay. And I, I w- it wasn't as bad as I was expecting with all the troubles that the movie went through, you know? It was really, I was just surprised by it. And the little romance was actually pretty sweet. If the Honestly, if the main actress would have changed, this movie could have been like a lot better and been like, you know, top three X-Men movies. Wow. You know? That might be controversial. But I, yeah, I mean, I really do think on rewatch it's probably not as fun, and honestly, it might not be as fun for you right now because I actually took a lot of enjoyment out of being, I wonder what their power is, and just kind of watching them and like see what they do, and then being like, how does that work? Because uh, Anya Taylor Joyce, remember I said like thirty things about her, was kind of interesting to watch because I was like, what can't she do? She just keeps pulling out new shit all the time. Yeah, and um, so it might not be as fun for you anymore, but. Uh, it was still a lot better than I thought. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad that you finally saw the movie that was supposed to come out I think five years I'm ago. I'm the only person who's ever seen this movie. It could be. It could be. It could be. But that does it for our weeks, guys and gals. Yeah. Speaking of people that have seen movies, okay, a lot of people have been seeing movies the past two weeks. It's kind of cool. Um. In America. Yeah. Because this episode is about America. This is an American episode. So, you know, we're going to talk about the American movies. And the American box office. So, here's here's the here's the 411. Last week, the Fast Saga, obviously, at way at the top. 93 million. Good for them. First week. I thought that was pretty good. Can we talk about the meme? The Vin Diesel meme. Absolutely. This is maybe one of the worst memes. No, false. <laughs> have you seen the Lion King one? No, I've not seen it. It's Lion the King. best one. Okay. I've only seen a few and it just got I feel like people weren't doing enough with it, you know? Let me stop you there. Okay. I don't have the Lion King meme with me. Let me explain okay. it to just you. Sure. It'll be just as funny. It's the part where move that he's holding on to the thing and Brother, yeah. help yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It's that and he falls just like normal and he's falling to die. But then Dominic Toretto comes in with his car and Charger he, and he grabs him. Yeah. And he puts him in the car with him and he's like, for family. Yeah. Okay. That one's pretty good. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just people aren't doing enough with it. And it's. What do you mean? They're just not that very imaginative. I think you haven't delved deep enough yet because I've seen some real bangers. I think I've. Delved. Or maybe you're. Maybe you just don't deserve to be graced with these wonderful Vin Diesel memes. Okay, please deal them away because from me. family. I don't think they're that funny. We just had a whole episode about the importance of this. Yeah. And now you're gonna just throw down on it like this. I just don't think the the memes are that good. Uh, the only ones that are interesting. Oh, what was the one? Uh damn it. There was one where, um, it was like Gamora and Thanos, and Thanos was like killing Gamora, and Vin Diesel was like, "You don't do that to family," or something like that. That was kind of funny. There was one, I can't remember what it was, but the bad guys, uh, he was like, 
oh, well, they we have something they don't have. And then it was like the bad guys, and I don't remember who it was, but it was like a family of bad guys, and he was like <gasps> freaking out. He's like, they have a family? <laughs> so that, that one was good. See, so they are good. Anyway. But the rest are tired because it's just like Goku, and it's like, I can defeat Goku, I have family. It's like, okay, haha. No, no, no. Stop it. They're good. Um, One thing I found interesting also was In the Heights has made like 25 million, which... I d- I think is just super low. I did mean to watch that, but I didn't. I really, I mean, there's no way to tell, but I, I would really like to know what that movie could have made without HBO Max, without COVID, if it just came out. Mm-hmm. You think that movie was like a $100 million type banger? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't know. It'd be interesting Only to see. because I think that... People may have kind. I think plenty of people are turning the corner on Lin Manuel Miranda in general. Yeah, and okay. Don't like him as much as they used to, or like, wait a minute, I never liked him. <laughs> you know. Okay. I think people are doing that now, and at least that's spreading a little bit. At least I see it more and more, hmm. and um, that might affect that. But I don't know. Interesting. Anyway, this past week, this week that just happened. Universal Pictures is just running the game right now. They have all three top spots. Fast 9, still at number one. The Boss Baby, Family Business. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. At number two. And then The Forever Purge. That came out? At number three. Jeez. Well, yeah, 4th of July. Right. Forever Purge! Yeah, the Forever Purge. I've never seen any of the Purge movies. I saw like half of the first one. And not because I didn't like it, just because I was doing other stuff it just happened to be on. Yeah. And then like, you know, just the same things. The same But I thought it was interesting that Universal is just on top of it right now. Good for them. I mean, it seems like they planned it out, the release like that. They're kind of competing with themselves, which I don't know if that's a great thing, but I the, the audiences for each film probably don't overlap too much. Yeah. One thing, though, that I found was interesting is that one movie, Zola, I don't know if you ever heard of that movie, Zola. Yeah. It came out, that's like the Twitter thread movie. I guess that finally got, like, wide release. I don't know, just made uh, almost $3 million now. Good for them. Good for them. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, but, yeah, the, that's how the box office has been doing. It's up astronomically. <laughs> so, good for them. Mm-hmm. Good for the box office. Box office done. News time begin. First off, we have uh, an obituary. Robert Downey Sr., provocative underground filmmaker, dies at 85. Obviously the father of Robert Downey Jr. Um, I only know that the cause was complications from Parkinson's disease. Um, I only know him from Putney Swope. It's probably his most famous one. But um, everyone knows his son. So, uh, yep, there you go. Last time I heard, you know, they have a great relationship. I know that I think Robert Downey Jr. was in even one or some of his movies when he was like five or something. Oh, you know, nice. Like really, really young. Um, so that's interesting. But yeah. Very there sad. You know, rest in peace. Next, we have The Old Guard 2. I don't know what that is. Well, it's The Old Guard was the Charlize Theron Netflix action movie where she was like an immortal... And it was like the old guard was a bunch of like immortals who like couldn't die. It sounds familiar now. And they now all that fought. You start saying, talking about it. Yeah, and the second one is happening. Nice. So the first one was released in 2020, and 
Charlize Theron recently revealed that Oldegard 2 is in the works as the script has been completely prepared. And nice. filming is going to begin at the beginning of 2022. Um, I'm excited. I thought the first one was good. Like, I thought it was just good fun. It wasn't anything blow your socks off, but it's like good, just good fun action. Yeah. The second one could... I mean, usually you don't think, I guess, of sequels being better. Usually it's the opposite way that they get worse. But this has the potential to be even better, I think. Hmm. I mean, they all do, but I really see a little bit more momentum with these. these this was like a comic book or something. I'm pretty sure. Or like an animated show, maybe. Okay. I don't know, but it's like a... It's like a adaptation of some but yeah that's happening youtuber chris stuckman i know nothing about the story but i thought i'd add it because chris stuckmanizer youtuber chris stuckman to make horror movie shelby oaks about missing paranormal investigators yeah i saw this i thought that T- was tell me about cool. it i know nothing about this he just he made a youtube video i'm i subscribed to him and mm. i just watched the youtube video he's Finally, this is his dream, so I'm very happy for him. I've been subscribed to him for a long time. Yeah, uh, he reviews movies, and it's been his dream to make films for a long. He's made like short films and like other things, but this is his first like feature length, I think. And uh, it's pretty cool. He's a Ohio dude like us. Yeah, it says we'll handle world sales and is launching the film to buyers this month. Production is slated to begin in late 2021 in Ohio. So. That's really cool for him, and I'm actually that's really. cool. Is he directing and writing? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I do not know the answer to that, but I think that's pretty freaking cool. That is pretty cool. I I am subscribed to Chris Duckman, but I haven't watched his videos in a while. I've just been busy. I haven't been catching up with YouTube too much, honestly. Yeah. But um, I just watched the Elden Ring trailer over and over. Sure, <clears> that's <throat> something you could do. I watched it once and I threw up. Anyway, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Yep, Quentin Tarantino has a dude. He's a dude. He makes movies. They're pretty good for the most part. Yeah. He buys the Vista Theater. We need to have our Tarantino episode at some point. That's going to be a big one. When his Star Trek movie comes out. We did Christopher Nolan. We need Quentin Tarantino. Chris Time for Chris Nolan. Time for Nolan. Quentin Tarantino. Time Neil. Time O. <laughs> sure. He buys the Vista Theater. The Oscar-winning director says the landmark location will likely reopen around Christmas. Nice. I'm pretty sure this is what kind of what we talked about. We said all these iconic theaters, the best case scenario is they get bought up by rich Hollywood people. Mm-hmm. So here you go. There here we you go. have it. Um, he is now the proud owner of two Los Angeles movie theaters. Very cool. Um, it does say that the new rules say that um, shoes are banned in the theater. Which is kind of interesting. Out. You have no shoes, no socks. Sandals are okay, um, but they have to be like the flip flops that just go between the one toe. Um, and then it says toenail polish encouraged, but not required. That's hilarious. So thank you, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> that reminds me. I literally just saw a video like, literally like two or three days ago, where someone just like saw Quentin Tarantino like wherever, and they were like, "Hey, can you sign my foot?" And he was like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> He just gets down and he signs this person's foot. It was very funny. A guy or a girl? It was a girl. Nice. Good for a QT. He's a QT. Not, nah. Not, that's a lot. Picture he's like this. He's like... Yep. Yeah. Tom Hardy spent months breaking Venom 2 plot over FaceTime. He earns his first story by credit. So Venom 2, story by... 
Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Wow, good for him. Good. That is good for him. I don't know if this means anything really. That means Venom Two about to be sick. That's great. Venom Two about to be even gruntier than the first one. It's about to be more Venom. I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I don't know if this is like a good sign. Honestly, <laughs> it honestly seems like maybe just the writer just being like whatever and just adding yeah. all of his ideas seems kind of strange. We'll I, I don't know if there's a a precedent for this. I don't know of any examples off the top of my head of like, oh yeah, this actor just happened to get a story by credit on the thing. I don't know enough about that, but it's definitely something to keep in mind when I 100% go see this movie. Absolutely. I would not miss Venom 2 for anything. Venom 2. Do you think we're going to see Venom's Venusi? Okay. We're <laughs> skipping to the next part, the next news thing right now. Thank you very much. The Witcher second season is coming to Netflix on December seventeenth. Yes, Did you watch the trailer? I did not watch a trailer. Oh. Why? I was just wondering. The trailer came out. I just want to know if you watched it. It looks pretty cool. Is there anything well no, I kinda don't want to watch the trailer because like I said, I've played two of the games, but I haven't read any of the books. So if I saw anything that I recognized, oh, okay, because for me, none of it made any right, sense. Right, exactly. To me. I was like, oh, okay. So if anything, I did recognize because I've heard like snippets or read little bits. I wouldn't want to know exactly what's happening. I'd rather see it in the show. Yeah, he was just um, like, "I'm the Witcher." Oh my god, that's from the second book. That's uh. <laughs> he's like, I have, I can do things. I'm the Earl of Rivia, and I going to use Witcher my... of Blaviken. I'm sure we talked about this when the show came out and we were talking about it. But if I had any hopes, I hope that it gets more into the, the witchery signs. stuff, like the signs, the potions, the steel and the silver. I know in the games he like can craft stuff too, but I don't care if they get into that or not. Mm. Of him like making his own stuff. But like even collecting, you know, the stuff from like I want to go see him kill something just so he can get its tooth to kill something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a really cool idea. Um Obviously, I guess that's not sustainable to be like the whole show. Mm. But even if it was just like one episode, no talking, just him like foraging <laughs> it's not and happen. killing monsters. Like that'd be sweet. That'd be so cool. That would be cool. cool, but that won't happen. Yeah. But uh, December 17th, we'll be December there. December 17th, we'll be there. Uh, everyone loved The Witcher. Well, okay. I shouldn't say that. Most people felt mostly positive about The Witcher season one. I remember liking it. I remember liking it. I loved Dandelion. I loved Geralt. I loved Yennefer. Triss. I wasn't as crazy about all the other characters. I don't really care. Hmm. But for those three, Siri, I actually also wasn't crazy about either. I remember. She's not really in it, though, But she's right? not really in it, but she would be in it more, I would assume. In this next season. Wow. Good job, The Verge. This says, Destiny's not done with Geralt of Riva yet. Idiots. Idiots! Are you freaking kidding me? Who wrote this? Unbelievable. Chime? <laughs> okay. You I'm know not... what? Did you see that there... I related to the witcher that they're doing a ps5 upgrade for the witcher 3 really yes that's interesting i saw that and i was like dang it's turning into gta 5 i guess they're like please forget we made cyberpunk yeah Here, honestly look they're like hey look remember the witcher the game that everybody loves remember the game that everyone's like this is the best game ever hey we made it again <laughs> for you yeah um i'm excited yeah, I, I, I'll probably re rewatch the first season because I don't really remember it too well. I will not. I will listen to the song four times and then I'll watch Toss this. Coin for your oh, Valley of Plenty. Oh, Valley of Plenty. Oh. Marvel dropped a trailer for the What If 
series, which features Chadwick Boseman's final performance as T'Challa, which I didn't actually know. Oh, um, okay. So he actually did that way back. Are you interested? Have you seen this trailer? No. Oh, okay. I thought about it. I have a strange thing with this. Tra- I was really excited for this series. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I don't know why. I can't really point to anything specifically, but I saw the trailer and I am no longer interested. Mm. I don't know what happened because it doesn't look bad or anything, but it's just like, I Is don't it know. like the style, like the animation style or something I, that throws you off? I'm honest with what I'm saying. I don't know what it was. It's almost like I saw that they acknowledged it and then I was like, good. Okay. I'm good. You know what I mean? It would definitely only be something where I'd have to check out a very specific story that somebody said was good. Then I would check it out. But it's definitely not something that you like watch all of it. There's like the zombies. There's the girl, Captain Britain, whatever. Captain J. I forget what her name is. I don't know these things. Um, Killmonger's doing stuff I saw. Huh. It uh, is like it's cool, but. mm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either, man. Maybe I'll watch it. Probably if, not. If people say it's great, I'll watch it. If they're sure, everyone is going to. Like everyone's it. gonna say it's great, but you know, I need I need something I can trust. Who do we trust? One last story here. Just a little update on The Last of Us. Yeah. HBO's Last of Us season one will reportedly consist of ten episodes. That's good. That's what I was thinking. So ten hours, ten episodes, maybe like eleven hours in case they do like slightly longer. Pedro longer. Pascal. Pedro Pascal and, and Bella, Bella Ramsey. Ramsey. That's sick. Really I like good that. casting, yeah. I mean, yeah, the casting's awesome. That's sick. I w- do we know any of the other people yet? Like, w- w- Negan? Do we know who's going to play Negan? <laughs> <laughs> we see Nico Parker as Sarah and Gabriel Luna as Joel's brother, Tommy. And I think they... Do I know Gabriel Luna? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know, I don't... The they, name doesn't uh, ring a bell. They showed a picture, I think, that was like the... Remember the opening where they're all in the car driving away from all the zombies? Yeah. I think they showed like a picture from that part. Who's playing his daughter? I just said. Um, uh, Nico Parker as Sarah. Oh. Sorry, I didn't even notice. Right. Sarah. I mean, I guess we don't know Joel's last name. What? What is Joel's last name? Miller. It's Joel Miller. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's cool. Oh, yeah. Look. Hashtag Miller time. Miller time. So well, who's playing right Abby? <laughs> Oh, it's uh, The Rock. <laughs> uh, the Rock's playing Abby. Or Gina Carano. Cool. I think we said that last time. Do you episode. think they, if this, I'm a, I mean, this will be a big hit, obviously. It's gotta be. But if it's really good, do you think they would do make The Last of Us 2? The too? Last of Us 2 as a series? I think, I think that if this is really good mm-hmm. and they can keep it really good, I think that. The Last of Us 2 in sh- short series format could possibly be better than the game. As long as they format they have it to the right format way. format the way that we laid out for them in our right. talk about it. Yeah. Well, we did talk about it quite a bit. For like an hour. Um, it's already so weird because now, as far as we can tell, they are just doing the game, which is just so... I don't know. Like, I get it, but it's also weird. I think it's cool. It is cool, I guess, but... Because they both have their merits. Yes, that is true. So we can see what kind of different twists they can throw We're, Well, right. That's all I'm hoping is that there are twists at all. Well, yeah, because you, you know? can't just put like a gameplay section 
You can't put a uh, thirty minutes of Joel picking up ladders and laying yeah. them down. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> one episode. Well, he's got to have at least, he's got to do at least one ladder ladders. in the. And she has to crawl on one pallet. If she can swim, I'll be mad. Oh yeah, that, that would, would actually be, be very frustrating. I have a weird thing where little changes like that can actually make me really mad because sometimes I latch onto them. Yeah, and I have a really weird example for a video game, and the Final Fantasy four. I don't know if it was the original, but it was in the GBA port. Okay. Um, there's a character named Kane who is left-handed. Left-handed. And he's the only character in the game who's not right-handed or ambidextrous. As far as I remember, he's the only one who's like, yes, his weapon goes in his left hand. Everyone else, their weapon goes in the right hand. It changes nothing except on the inventory screen. You just equip it in the left hand and that's it. That's the only difference. Yeah. And I don't know, as a kid, I guess I really latched onto that. I was like, oh, so that's so cool. I'm not left-handed. I don't care. I think if you're left-handed, you're possessed by a demon. Right. But, <laughs> just like the Japanese say. Um, but I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then there was like a new 3D remake of the game. And I was like, oh, I'll pop this up. I go to equip a weapon on my character. It's like, right hand? Ugh! <laughs> and I uninstalled the game. And I was like, no, I'm not playing this trash. It's garbage. I don't care if it has full voice acting. Wow. Sucks. So if she can swim, that'll be one of those details that would make me dismiss the whole thing. Yeah. I'd say get it away from me. Because it, towards, especially towards the end of the game, becomes kind of like deal. a big deal for yeah. a few of the missions. And then he gets to teach her how to swim. That's an interesting thing. Is this going to end where the first game ends, or will it end somewhere with the flashbacks in two? It, please. The ending of the first game so is good. so good. It's so good. It has to end like that. It's way too good for them to try to do something else they, right. because and they I, just have to do it the way it is. The other thing I'm wondering is they're probably not going to make... Like, I don't imagine them putting too much into people who've played the games know about it. It feels like this is get a new audience. You know, so I'm not expecting the end of the series to be like Abby just shows up and it's like, oh, hey, and then it ends there. Because that'll only be for the people who played the games, you know? Yeah. So I'm expecting it to try to draw a whole new audience. Um, who aren't interested in games, but are interested in stories. You the, know? the last, it just, it just needs to be Ellie being like, okay. And then it just needs mm -hmm. to cut the black. Yeah. And I would be like, yep. And we need to have that classic music going. Do, are they do, using do, the, do, 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 I wonder if they're going to re, re-score or if they're just going to keep the music from the game. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe like a mixture. Probably a mixture. They got to keep the main theme, yeah. right? Maybe like a, Redux of the mm. theme, but that hopefully it's the same guy. I forget his name, but he's very talented. Yes, I do also. Oh, he scores this. I do also forget, but he's good. It's kind of exciting. It is exciting. Cool. It is exciting. It won't come out for probably like four more years, but we'll be ready. Again, but that question <laughs> of like, are they gonna do two? That would I think that would be really cool. I'm really hoping that it's good and that people like it. And then, because I think, like The Witcher, yeah, I think season two, as long as it's like the game, I think that could be really cool. I think it'd be a really good story as well. Um, and it just, I feel like just the whole concept of Joel's character would make more sense to people if it was done in yeah the context, or whatever. If, because they are obviously, if they would really go hard on the saying loyal to two, they would have the flashbacks with right after the first game, and then you have flashbacks with abby before and all that sort of stuff which obviously we said was messy and they could fix it, it yeah i would change 
the ending of the second game, though, I didn't think it was as strong, even though it was nice. I didn't think it was particularly as strong. You want you want Ellie to kill Abby? No, not that. I mean the ending, ending where they have the final flashback of Joel and Ellie, and she's like, Joel's like, oh, you got to make your own decisions or something like that. Remember? Right. Yeah, that should have been. That should have been before. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier. I thought it, they were trying to capture the same thing as the first game, and they just failed there. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, exciting. I always wanted The Last of Us to say, fuck Joel and Ellie, different characters, same universe. It's clickers, it's all that stuff, but it's just, mm-hmm. here's what's happening in France or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, or in California instead of maybe. wherever. Maybe. If this hits, maybe. That's what I would have always preferred. You could even make it a spinoff, just, I always think it's so sad when you have really interesting worlds, but you get so attached to distinct characters that you can't separate them, mm. when it's like, you created a whole universe. Pedro <laughs> <laughs> Pascal! Hey. <laughs> anyway, that does it for the news. We've talked enough. So we enough. Yeah, enough. Time to talk about some good old fashioned American cinema. Yeah, Joel would have loved Guns and America. Well, he did until it didn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about patriotic films. Is that what we're gonna call them? Very patri- Very patriotic. Very patriotic. Well, films. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, sure. What do you what, what do you want to talk about? What do you got? What do you got for us? I, so I'm gonna start this off fairly serious. Well, not serious, okay, but kind of serious, but not really. It's one of the one of the first, if not the first. I'm talking about Birth of a Nation from 1915. Wow, have you seen this movie? Mm-mm. You can watch this movie exclusively on YouTube. Exclusively? It's literally not anywhere else. They don't have physical copies? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's a silent film from 1915. It's three hours long. I watched it in two times speed. Nice. Which, good viewing experience in two times speed. Because three hours? Not not Especially silent movie? Not, not nah. good. This movie is abhorrent. Wow. Okay. It... So when it first came out, it was humongous hit. Humongous what? <laughs> Everybody loved it. It's great. Now, at least I think most people now realize this movie is just blatantly racist. Mm. And it is truly disgusting movie. I don't know. It, Who's the, the director? I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Want me to find out? No, I'm joking. It's just the way they... so. Number one, the way they portray black people in the movie is disgusting. Number two, the people that portray the black people are white people in yeah, blackface. Blackface, yeah. So it's just all around out good. And the movie is basically about... Um, so it basically paints the KKK as the heroes. Yeah. And it's just really bad. I'm just saying. It's just really bad. KKK and USA rhyme. I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> Maybe? What's that mean? I don't know. And this movie is also responsible for like the re-rise, the re-rise, the re-rise. Like the, kind of like the rebirth of the KKK mm-hmm. in the 1910s or whatever, which is also just not good. From what I know, yes, that was bad. And also, a little fun fact that I didn't know fun, was, okay. I don't know how true this is, Expecting fun. but apparently that the classic like white get up that 
you know, the, the KKK the, people as yeah. with like hood and stuff was from the, this movie, like invented that. What? That's and the, crazy. And then the KKK like picked that up. That is fun. That is a fun fact. That's, and I was like, wow. I you hope that's, that's kind of interesting. Because that's really interesting to me, actually, that, that yeah. it came from a, a film. Because you think about the effects of film on just everything, you know, yeah. that's a pretty big one. Yeah, so I thought, I was like, wow, you know what? That's actually really interesting. I w- maybe, because that does seem pretty incredible, I would understand if maybe if it didn't necessarily create it, if it just pop- popularized it. Right. That I'm would make a lot 100% of sense, sure if that's true. But this movie is absolutely atrocious. The thing that's interesting about it is it's very well made. Really? Yeah, like they use a lot of really interesting techniques and stuff. I mean, it's 1915, mm. and apparently this movie is very influential for like many films, mm. even now still. So that's kind of like a weird thing where like people try to appreciate it for like its technical things, but you cannot overlook just how like terrible the themes and everything is. So it's just very gross movie, very gross. Yeah, I wouldn't honestly say that. Uh... This was a movie that I would have searched out and watched because of these reasons, but you do you. I was just, <laughs> I'm just, I, I had an assignment. I'm a keep the book closed kind of guy, I guess. That was the only one. All my other ones are good fun. Oh, okay. I mean, I have one that, I've never seen the movie, so I don't know if that counts. Okay. But I would say that it's, I don't know if it's equal to yours, but it's somewhere... Okay. Well, I never saw this movie until this morning when I watched it in two times speed. Oh, perfect. Okay. I've never seen this movie at all, but maybe you have. Okay. Maybe I'm talking about is Pitch Perfect 3. I, you haven't seen Pitch Perfect 3? No. Hold on. You're about to hate on Pitch Perfect 3? I'm ready to battle right now. I'm just saying that it's... it's I'm loaded. It's patriotic. The whole film, as far as I read in the synopsis, takes place on army bases, and the the characters slobber over american flags and everybody in uniform and the token lesbian character even makes a rant about how she's so happy to enlist because they finally let the gays in now i think that's a lot of reasons why you like that movie okay i put the gun down for now i can't like i've never seen the movie so literally that's all i have to say that wasn't even on my list it's funny think of it okay I'm sure. it's funny and they sing yeah, right. But it's backdropped with the, the soldier stuff. That's why it's a patriotic yeah, movie. Yeah, there's a part where Rebel Wilson, they're like, I think I it's like Rebel the, car- Wilson was the cartel or something. Mm-hmm. They're like trapped on this yacht with the cartel and Rebel Wilson like jumps off the boat. Yeah. And she's like jumping off the boat into the water. But where she was jumping off into the water, they had like one of the dinghies there and she just oh, smacks right into it. It's kind of funny. That's pretty funny. Was she still fat at that point? Uh, yeah. Okay. Not like huge. But. Well, I know, but she had that thing where she likes them down. I remember people were like mad or something. They're like, oh. a, like Adele. Sing with Adele. I set fire Wow. Pitch Perfect I just heard Pitch Perfect 3 was very patriotic that way. You know what? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I heard. I actually heard that they had a script with a whole story, but then they, like, I don't know if they needed money or whatever. But they had a story, and then they just went to the military, and they'd be like, can you help us make our movie? And they were like, yeah, just suck our dicks. And they were like, okay. And they added all that shit just, like, secondary. Cool. That's what I heard. Very cool. Um, I guess I'll go with uh, the classic Top Gun. Top Gun. Uh, they literally had, they set up, like, Navy recruiting tables at 
the theaters for Top Gun. So if that's not America, then I don't know what to say because Top Gun is America, right? Top Gun is pretty American. I mean, it's the the dream that it is kind of weird because for the movie, from what I remember, I haven't seen it in a long time. But Maverick is such a character that would be like court martialed like immediately, <laughs> like the very, like buzzing the tower or whatever. Like they would kill him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's I mean it's again it's just the idea of putting all these fun. You know, volleyball scenes with you. We'll get to play volleyball with a lot of shirtless, sweaty Look guys. Isn't that so fun? People. Don't you want to join uh, the Navy? Like, cause it was the Navy and stuff. Navy, yeah. And everyone was like, you know what? Maybe I do. Look how awesome America is. I can have silhouetted can jets. sex with this woman. Yeah. I mean, sounds good. Big guns, fast flying, fast plane. I mean, a lot of people are into planes. I have the need, the need for speed. Mm. Right. And then yeah. What he and says? Then, he, then right because I forgot there was a deleted scene where he gets out of the army and they stop supporting him and he goes homeless and gets uh, addicted to meth. Oh wow! And then they're like, okay. Interesting deleted scene. I've never seen that. Right. One. Well, because like, it's edition. the before the deleted scene. It was when the Iceman came and he was like, "Oh hey Maverick, how are you doing?" He's like, "Did you know that one third of the homeless population is veterans?" It's like, oh, that explains why we're I'm homeless and you and the other guy from the movie are not. Interesting. That checks out. Very cool. Anyway. Yeah, Top Gun is great. And Top Gun 2. I don't like Top Gun. I don't know if I've ever said that. Oh, no. I don't like Top Gun either. It's not a good movie. If we're being serious, like, what are we doing here? Are we playing the joke or are we... I'm doing both. Okay. I'm riding the fence. We're playing both sides. Don't like Top Gun, but it is America. Absolutely. It is very American. That is true. Yeah. I don't like Top Gun that much either. You going to see the second one? Oh, yeah. Miles Teller is in it. Are you kidding me? He has sure. a mustache. mustache. That's true. Mustaches are are mustaches American? I, hmm, I I feel like most people probably argue that mustache m- m- mustachios are more French. Hitler had a mustache. Europe, Stalin France is pretty a, close to Europe. Stalin had a mustache. Mussolini, well, France was occupied. A Mussolini lot of time. had a mustache. Pretty sure Genghis Khan had a mustache. Yeah. No, Genghis Khan had more of like a beard. Did he have a mustache? I think he had a little bit up here and a little bit down here as well. Mm. Um, Joe Biden does not have a mustache. Donald Trump didn't have a mustache. Obama didn't have a mustache. Okay, mustache is not American. Did Abe Lincoln? No, he just he had, had a beard. Well, he had... Teddy Roosevelt had a mustache. Teddy had a Roosevelt, but that's because he was very mentally handicapped. And he carried a big stick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, Who was the know. last president to have a mustache? That's a great question. I can't answer Somebody phone you. in and let us know. Somebody call in. I'll open the lines. Boop. Somebody call in and tell us what would the last president who had a mustache was. Yeah, right. <laughs> so That's just, a, cool. just a, tell us that while we're waiting your call. Um, I mean, Nixon, he didn't have a mustache. And Nixon was pretty American, I think. Don't you think? Oh, hold on. Receiving a call. Oh, a call. We have a call. Uh, hello? Oh, here. They want to talk to you. <laughs> okay. I was like, what are you doing? They want to talk to you. <laughs> Yeah, hey, what's up? Hi, yeah, I'm just calling in because you guys were talking about um, the latest president that to have a mustache. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's what we're talking about. It's like two seconds ago. We get it. What? Um, it was. Wait, wait, wait. Excellent. Sorry, who are you? Uh, my name's Charles. Charles. <laughs> Charles. Okay, are you in a wheelchair, Charles? Uh, no, I'm just a fan of the show. Okay, good. 
Um, what is your qualifications? How do I know I can trust you on uh, this information that you're giving me? Um, well, I'm a graphic designer. Okay, that has nothing to do with mustaches. I went to I went to college at UCLA. Okay, I mean, good for you. Are you, you finished? Like a okay. Yeah, I live. I live in California. Okay, I don't need your whole, you know, biography here. I was just looking for. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. Continue. Um. Anyway, so it was William Howard Taft from 1909 to 1913. Really, 19- the last president. But okay. I have a fun fact if you want to hear. Wow, you have a lot in common with my co-host, who's been remarkably silent while I've been on the phone with you. Well, I'm just listening in on the conversation. Okay, thank so. you. <laughs> sure. Um. So listen to this. This is funny. President Harry Truman briefly grew a mustache and goatee, which he jokingly referred to as a Jeff Davis, <laughs> while vacationing in Key West, Florida, at the 1948 presidential election. That's really interesting. Wow, that's really interesting. Hey, I'm going to put you on hold for a second. This guy's a fucking loser. Okay. Hi. Yeah, sorry. I just had to put you on hold for a second. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much. We appreciate... Hold on. I'm going to put you on uh, hold for a second. I want to kill this man. Okay. Oh hey, you there? Uh, still here. Yep. All right. Um. <laughs> thanks for calling. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate. So this. I already forget who you said, but I'm sure my co-host remembers. Okay, bye. Okay. Wow. What a nice person. That I mean, yeah. Charles seems like a good guy. Charles out in California. Appreciate you watching the show, man. Appreciate you watching the show. That's that's very helpful of you. Who was it again? I forget what he said. Is uh, William Howard Taft. William Howard Taft. I got that in my back pocket. If I ever go on a trivia show, now I know. Now you know. And so does everybody listening. That's perks of being part of the... Yeah. Part of Do the you remember staggler. who grew it as a joke? Truman? Correct. Jeff. It was a Jeff Davis. Everyone knows that. It was... It was is it Jeff that Davis? That was Harry Truman's big thing. If you go to his Wikipedia, it's like, oh, he's the guy who made the Jeff Davis joke. Well, yeah. And obviously. then under that, it says, also with president. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it says. 19... Early, uh, birth of a nation. Just around the time. Just remember that people saw Birth of the Nation. You know what? Mustaches are out. Yeah, literally. So not American. <laughs> All right. Is it my turn or is it your turn? My turn. We got that from right. Top Gun. We just did Top Gun. Um, well, I would think like to talk about kind of blockbusters in general. Um, we have the Transformers movies, obviously. We know that Michael Bay has a great relationship with the military. Generally, right, they work a lot of films. They have those whole big sets and all the gear and stuff that they work on together. Um, they're always yes. shown as a. I mean, usually the military is just like the third or fourth character in those movies. Absolutely, you know, they're just like that. So he has a big thing that that's very American. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. Also, we have Optimus Prime. I mean, hello. Right. He he's red, white, and probably a little bit of well, not red, blue, and probably white, like around some places. And if you know what I mean. <laughs> Anyway, okay. we also have the Marvel movies, specifically the two that come to mind are, of course... Captain America. Captain America, the first Avenger, and uh, 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 Captain Marvel. She was a big Air Force lady as well. Right. Um, the Captain Marvel one, I mean, I think it's just such a great, you know, uh, thing for the movie to do. You know, she's a character who was, you know, used by the Kree, I believe. And, you know, she would kill these people on their orders, but she found out, like, oh my gosh, these people that she was killing, you know, weren't actually that bad. So, you know, obviously that made her miss her time in the Air Force, um, right. where that's not what she did. Everyone who she killed while she was in the Air Force was totally a bad guy. Well, 
Of course. You well, me? United States and Air America Force. would never ever bomb do something a like that. Children's they would hospital. never kill innocent people. Oh, never. That would never Multiple happen. times. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, of course. And uh so then the Captain America, the first Avenger, I mean it's Captain America. Hello. 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 And they had the showgirls and stuff. That movie at least had the fun of it, where I was like, oh, this is like a show. It's kind of like, you know, at least that interesting. And Captain America, at least in the comics, has usually had a sort of, um, uh, 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 not sure what the word I'm thinking, awareness, I guess, of like, like, I'm pretty sure there's a run of Captain America where he's like, oh, America's not good. (laughs) And he had to like go undercover for a little bit. Nice. He's like, oh, the people giving me orders are like not great right now. Um, Well, right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, you see it a lot in these big budget movies because, um, they get assistance from the military and it's better than making fake militaries. I think the only, maybe not the only, but I know that the military had no part in the Avengers. Very nice. And what's strange is when you look this stuff up, I see a lot of different stories for a few of these movies, but what I was told for the Avengers was that they didn't like the idea of shield being more powerful than the government and stuff like that and that's why they backed out of it but then other people said that they said it was like just too much and it was like too crazy for the military to be involved with or something um i don't know what the thing is but the shield thing makes sense where they're like oh the shield's above us that they'd be like okay guys we're not gonna help you we're the best Hmm. because it's true (laughs) i mean yeah what right yeah what but yeah, uh, just want to point out those two, those two really powerhouses of entertainment. Absolutely. Um, and the military has a direct hand in both of them. You know, speaking, as long as you're... Yeah, okay. can, unless you have anything to say. No. Well, I do, but I'm going to say it now. <laughs> speaking of the military having hands in things, what I wanted to talk about was um, the movie called Act of Valor. Have you seen the movie Act of Valor? No. Listen to this. So this movie is about some Navy SEALs uh, who, I don't really remember, there's like a, they go to on a mission to kill some bad dude. Okay. Right? But the catch with this movie is that the Navy SEALs in the movie are actually real life Navy SEALs. They're not actors. They're real life Navy SEALs. Is this the one with John Cena? No. <laughs> Oh, that was the Marine and the Marine too. So the military obviously had humongous part in this movie as, you know, the Navy SEALs are actually in it. Yeah. And it makes the movie very not good. Same Navy SEALs, not good at not acting. Good really not good at yeah. acting. Um, that, I think the same was true for uh, Battleship, but it was like all the background people. Interesting. Yeah. Or Battleship? Battleship with Rihanna? Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool movie. All the people in the background were like actual people just literally doing what they would have done. Oh, interesting. So they didn't really need to teach extras. Right. They were just like, do what you're supposed to. That's kind of cool. But see, in Active Valor, it's the foreground. It's the focus. Yeah, the principal actors. It's the focus, um, which sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And it's very American. Why not just a documentary? Because it's cooler. <laughs> it's cooler this way. Okay, I believe right? you, I think. One other thing, this movie has cool, like, behind the scenes, but the movie's not good. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. So listen to this. They went to, like, Navy SEAL, like, training facilities, and they filmed, like, live firefights. Oh, sweet. And they had, like, 300 hours of footage of, like, live ammunition firefights, which is cool. Mm-hmm. 
but the movie's just not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so it's like the Navy SEALs, they are really bad at acting. Right? Yeah. And they're good at like, you know, being Navy SEALs. Killing people. But they're bad at everything else. And all the other people in the movie that aren't the Navy SEALs are actors, like the bad the bad guys. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Interesting. They're all actors. So they didn't get real terrorists? No. Dude, would that work? <laughs> be like, you guys want to be in a movie? They're like, a movie, huh? Hmm. Hmm. Let me think about it. And then they get them. And then they like do the whole movie so they can make money too. They and, do the whole movie and kill the terrorists. And they get the terrorists at the end. Interesting. So it's like in the script, it's like, oh, the terrorists get caught in the end, but then they actually just catch the terrorists. Nice. So then it's like a two for one. Maybe I should join the military. Two for. Well, see, if you want to join the military, you should watch Act of Valor because it's basically a two hour commercial. Oh. So. For, for joining the Navy SEALs? Yeah. It's Navy so SEALs. So if you want to be a SEAL. Watch Act of Valor and you know how to do it. This is kind of random. And it, uh, I've kind of come to the realization now that these films are mostly going to be military films, not necessarily anything what? else. Because it's kind of tough to to get. I mean, we could talk about Vice. Vice had the editing. Is that movie patriotic, though? Maybe. It was edited like it was done by an eighth grader. That's kind of patriotic. I got some really, really patriotic stuff coming up. I'm just saying that, uh, just for clarification for everybody's ease, these are just basically going to be military USA. Because, I mean, what, there's is, there big, an, is there <laughs> another I mean, USA? Is there something else? There's, we got something else here. Is. That's all it is. Um, were you finished with your act of valor? I think I sold it pretty good. I think you did as well. I'm supposed to stay away? <laughs> Watch the behind the scenes, and that's it. Well, I'm. I, that's just what I read. I didn't watch any. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Where'd you see it even? Did you watch it for this show or have you already seen it? I remember I saw it a long time ago when it came oh, out. I yeah. was like, yo, Active Valor, it looks fucking sweet. Right, some yeah. real life Navy SEALs doing some real yeah. shit. Fuck yeah. It's fucking America. I'm about to fucking lock and load and go to handle it myself. Damn it. Why didn't you join the military? Or did you? I don't know. I was too you young. Did. I was too young when the movie came out. Okay. Why, when you were not too young, didn't you join the military? Because I thought about it and i decided <laughs> i decided against <laughs> see i was all for it but i have flat feet so they said Mm-mm. Mm. i think i don't think i have any problems where they would be like nope i don't have asthma or anything um yeah i don't know I, i'm pretty sure they take anybody <laughs> <laughs> not true i don't know um i guess i could talk about a one that is a little i guess a little interesting Okay. And it was a big deal when it came. This movie was like huge when it came out. Well, any movie about America is, is a big deal. There was so, so much discourse about this movie when it came out. And I'm talking about American Sniper. I, f- okay, listen, I know that we're trying to be patriotic and stuff, but I fucking hate this movie. Really? Literally one out of ten. Zero out of, negative ten out of ten. Why do you hate do Clint it. Eastwood so much? This movie fucking sucks. I like Clint Eastwood. That's his movie, isn't it? Yeah, that doesn't mean that I have to like every movie that he's ever made. Well, you love Million Dollar Baby. What's the difference? I love Million Dollar Baby. Because Million Dollar Baby baby in this movie did not cost a million dollars. Because it looks bad. (laughs) (laughs) What the Uh, frick? I've never seen this movie. Tell me about it. It's, I saw it once. Yeah. I'm trying to erase it from memory. (laughs) So this is what I remember. It's just two hours of them glorifying Chris Kyle murdering people. Right. It's really cool. Yeah. They're okay. like, look at this. He killed like 300 people. Look how cool this guy is. Look, look at how many people he sniped in the face. Look, he killed this dude that was going to put a drill 
into this little kid's head. I mean, and then someone just killed him, man. That's so fucked up, right? Fuck, man. Yeah. Chris Kyle. Fuck, man. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, um, I was told that he was killed by a veteran at the end of the... That, like, it was some sort of PTSD thing that happened. Yeah, I'll be fine. Um, I know just, it slides back in. There we go. Fuck. Just put it I'll down. I'll fix it later. Yeah. Um, I read a thing because here's the thing Clint Eastwood in the movies that he's made he does have a, an anti-war perspective right not in this one. Oh, I have it back right but in this film it seemed like a lot of people took it as like pro-war you know so, sorry yeah sorry just keep going okay yeah and again I've never seen the movie because I was listening to the discourse around it and I was like that's good I don't need to think about it right now um but just reading up on it, it was interesting. It's a weird position to take because there's plenty of people who are like anti-war. Um, and I don't know, are there people who are like pro-war? Me. Absolutely. Let's fucking go. Sure. But what I'm saying is there's... Um, it, how am I going to say this? You will find people who are anti-people in the military. I think you will find people who say people in the military are bad people. You know, people who choose to do that um, are either bad people or they're victims. There's people who believe that, which is fine. Right. That's your opinion, whatever. And there's plenty of people, and I would probably say the majority of people who are like the individuals, you know, the soldiers are good and should be helped and should be... For the most part. Yeah, for the most part, that's what people believe. Um, so it felt like this movie was trying to take an anti-war stance but its character was like the most kill most kills yeah, ever he's like look he killed the most people right so it seems awesome. like a weird character to put this story on when you have like everybody who dislikes things about war is gonna hate this person and even the people who like this stuff like are they really gonna like idolize in that way i don't know um again i, I didn't care to watch it because it just doesn't seem like it'd be my thing and all the clips I saw, just the acting looks like stilted and weird. It is weird. Um, but but I can definitely see, especially with the synopsis that I read of the plot. And mine. And yours. Yours was very helpful. Um, I could definitely see the idea of his PTSD coming home with him and him being coming detached and him going to fight because he wanted to keep the war from his family, but he ended up just bringing it back with him. You know, I can see that through the mm. film. But yeah. the idea... I guess it's just of the perspective of being the guy who kills the most is so weird. I also heard that they might not necessarily even be true. Um, there's two ways that it could not be true. One, he did it and it was, he told the truth about everything and he really killed that many people or he lied on certain things just to make his ego big. And cause I heard that in the book, he comes off as really arrogant and stuff like that. So he could have just lied because all he has to do is just change a report and then it's like, oh, you killed more. Yeah. Or the most upsetting is that he killed people and then just said they were terrorists and did yeah. it that way, which is kind of the most terrifying possibility, especially because apparently he was spurred on by 9-11. Um, although I believe in the movie he's in Iraq and not Afghanistan. I don't know what's up with that, but uh, uh, it just seems like it might have been a little bit misleading. And obviously it's not like a biography. It's a dramatization of his life. 
Yeah. But uh, it just seems like maybe it's just a bad person to choose for the specific story that he wanted to tell, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of better options. A lot of better options out there. Um, but yeah, American Sniper, I, I, it seems patriotic to me. I remember two camps. People being, yeah, American Sniper rocks. I want to go kill some slur heads. Like, oh, okay. Wow. Uh, you know what is cool, though? I think Lone Survivor does this well. Lone Survivor is kind of cool. Have you seen Lone Survivor mm-hmm. with Mark yeah. Wahlberg? I kind of like that one. Okay, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about it? I, I mean, we can. I, it wasn't on my list. I just right. kind of, you were talking about like people, and I was like, that movie's about a person. But, but yeah, the really strength is the perspective. That's yeah. really the main difference, isn't it? Because um, I think Clint Eastwood just try to tell a much bigger story with just the wrong person. Right. And obviously he had... I think he had like, didn't he have a, f- a friend I read that was like a priest or something in that movie? Uh, and the priest died or something. I don't remember. It was supposed to be some revelation. I don't know. But American Sniper, if you love it, you love it. If you hate it, you're wrong. Yes. Because this is America. It's as American in the title. American Sniper. It's not Russian Sniper. It's not German Sniper. It's American Sniper. Yeah. It's not Sniper Wolf underscore XXX. Yeah. It's American Sniper. Yes. It's from America. Anyway, it's your turn. Is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to do a movie called uh, Black Hawk Down. Ridley Scott. Oh, sure. You seen Black Hawk Down? Nicolaj Koster Waldau. Seen that? Yeah. I don't really remember. Anyway, but you have seen it. Mm hmm. I remember actually kind of liking this movie. Yeah. I mean,. That's kind of the thing with this movie, isn't it? But that's the problem. It's very likable. It's very like, wow. I should, not, I should not be liking this movie. Look how cool. I should be like, this is terrible. Oh my gosh, the chopper's going. Oh, you got to dodge the rocket. <laughs> it's very bad. Oh no, he's dying. Good thing we get a minute long scene with like this big orchestral score. And it's like, look, everyone. The way war is portrayed in this movie is very romanticized like awesome yeah well yeah it's like this is shit rules it's just like call of duty yeah and yeah is it cool to 14 year old me oh yeah oh yeah i was like fuck yeah this is sick Mm -hmm. but now that i'm old and wise yes very old and quite wise i'm like you know what maybe maybe this is maybe not good maybe this is not good <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Maybe we shouldn't like things like. This. If you really, really detach, you can still be like, okay, it's good. But it's based on a real event, right? It's based on something that really happened. Yeah. But it's, I've read a few articles and a lot of the facts are very skewed. Makes sense, sure. But it's still like based on a real, right? Battle. It's thing that really happened. They really were in Somalia and they really shot down two choppers mm-hmm. and they fought and like. It was like 18 soldiers died or whatever, yeah. 70 injured or whatever. Real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah. For both sides. But in the movie, it's like, yes. She kicks ass. Yes. Yes. So oh, cool. Kill her. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad to be alive. Look at this. War. I mean, we could talk about any military <laughs> movie. I mean, we talked about the Hurt Locker and we could say, I'm not saying that it's the same in the same vein. But I think they all just have like a tinge of it because 
to use the military stuff, they need their approval, you know? Yeah. Because um, it's just like any brand, right? I like the Hurt Locker, though, because it has because it jeremy it's subtle Renner's, it accomplishes it and his character yeah is that is that mindset he's yeah. like yeah i love this exactly. and there's he's surrounded by people who are like listen dude this is like serious like you need to get under control right and i wonder what i guess it's just because jeremy renner's character he's only in kill mode like once in the movie and that's like his lowest point mm. where an american sniper he's always in kill mode <laughs> and his lowest point is when he's like not killing anybody. I heard the climax was like he killed one final person and then he was like, I'm done. I can't remember. The climax was like th- there was this one guy that maybe shot a squad mate or something and he was like, but he had orders not to, but he did it anyway. It's like, wow, he wanted to kill so much that he disobeyed orders. How patriotic. That's America right there. <laughs> right. But uh, but that's the thing, right? It's the difference in he's always in kill mode. Jeremy Renner's a bomb defusal guy. You know, it's a complete opposite EOD. Um, yeah, I think honestly, maybe I've never really put that in perspective for myself, but if that that was just a really inspired choice to have that be his role completely and have his character specifically as opposed to like Anthony Mackey's um be that person um is great with that mindset. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. what I, I that's what love the Hurt Locker. I'll yeah. never say anything bad about that movie. It's great. Uh yeah though. Yeah. Not that it can't be bombastic like the sniper scene itself, but Right, yeah. There's yeah. Ob- there's obviously parts, yeah. but you know, overall. But the sniper scene is pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool in Black Hawk Town. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Kinda like, cool. It's, it's kind of. You know what I mean? What can I it's say? It's kind of cool. Um, I that kind of makes me want to think of because we were just talking about that mindset. Mm. I want to talk about a film that was literally designed by the 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 military to change Americans' mindsets, and I'm ca- ca- talking about. Casablanca. Have you seen... What's that? Wait, have you actually seen it? Yeah, we watched it in film club. Right, because you missed Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Yes, okay. I was trying to remember. Anyway, this movie, I mean, it's a, it's classic. You know, everyone knows it, like, Great except movie. for you. Um, <laughs> Wait, yeah, sorry. Right, what? Sorry, yeah. What? What's that? Um, And this movie is literally designed... Okay, so the war is kind of like a backdrop in this film, mostly. But yeah. the... The journey the main character goes through is the same as the country is supposed to go through at this time. Because it's like uh, the idea, and I think it's even stated explicitly by one of the war people in the film, that they say like, oh, isolationism isn't an option anymore. And for him, it's like meeting people. But for the country, it's like, you know, uh, look what happened when Pearl Harbor happened. You know, it's like we can't just stay to ourselves. We have to intervene. Yeah. So was Casablanca the reason why we intervene so much into everywhere all the time mm. maybe could we trace it back to now to here i mean it from then to now was, this is the was a long time ago. impetus you it know could be the pivotal moment um that's why i don't care so much about this movie anymore because <laughs> when i, I really ever saw it the one time when i really put it into that perspective i'm just like oh that's kind of unfortunate yeah interesting um and it's like I said, the military literally it was they had like a a, a a like a branch basically that was like, oh yeah, you're the international media people or the something about information, something about the controlling information about the military. Yeah. And they came to this movie and they're like, yeah, let's put all this isolationism stuff in into it. So people are like, no, and we can go places and the people will support us. And this was one of those movies. And it was like a hit. Um it still is. 
people are still like, oh yeah, this movie rocks. Um, and I mean, if you look now into just, we're everywhere. Like we did a complete turn before isolationist. Now we're exolationists. We're literally everywhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just interesting turn kind of history looking back, especially as film people seeing, you think of films like what kind of impact do they really have? And obviously I'm not saying this single-handedly did it, but I think it'd be wrong to say that it had no part in it at all. Cause everybody, if you say Casablanca, people are going to know what you're talking about. Even if they don't know the movie, they're going to be like, Oh, that one movie, right? The here's looking at you kid movie probably is what they'll say. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Right. And I'm guessing that was maybe even a direct allegory for like foreign affairs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Could be. Um, could be, could be, could be. And not saying that what we were doing back then was right. But I'm just saying it's it's right. it's a turning point for uh for maybe how things have gone. Interesting. Just saying. But yeah, I want I want to point that one out because it's classic, black and white movie. Okay. I have one more. Okay. This might be the single most patriotic movie of all time. I would argue that it is the most patriotic movie of all time. Okay. It is Olympus Has Fallen with Gerard Butler and Aaron Eckhart. Oh, I was thinking of White House Down. Okay. No, yeah. Olympus that's with that's with Channing Tatum. Yes. And Jamie Foxx? I thought it was like Morgan Freeman. No, Morgan Freeman's in Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, he's in Olympus Has Fallen. Okay. He's the speaker of the house. I'm still thinking of White House Down. Yes. White House Down came out after Olympus Has Fallen. It's a cheap <laughs> knockoff of Olympus Has Fallen, which is the true masterpiece. Okay. How did it do in the Chinese box office? I don't know. Hmm. So Olympus Has Fallen. It's about Gerard Butler. He's a dude. He's a... um. Secret Service guy. Hmm. He has been the number one Secret Service dude for our dude Aaron Eckhart, who's the president. He's POTUS. Yeah. They're chilling. OMG. North Korea has launched an extremely triangulated attack on America. OMG. They're killing so many people. They've captured the president and other people inside of like the 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 room. The one room, the situation room or whatever, that's like underneath the ground. So they do that. And then it's up to Gerard Butler, who, I didn't say this, he retires Oh, okay. because of a traumatic thing that happened. So he retires from the Secret Service, but then he's like, OMG, I have to go back and save the president. This is where Morgan Freeman comes in. He's the Speaker of the House. He has to step in as president yeah, at the Pentagon in this situation. Anyway, so then the rest of the movie is like Die Hard. With Gerard Butler in the White House. It's not Christmas. Uh, well, it could be. It could be. They just don't have any. They're not it, very festive. It could be. Year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then he just kills a whole bunch of people and then he saves the president. Yeah. And I, that is America. That is pretty American. Um, storming the Capitol. I mean, what's more American than that? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I guess... A year ago, Home Alone 2 would have been very patriotic because the president was in it. I guess it still is. He still was the president. What? What? Not when the movie came out. Yeah, but retroactively, you're going to see Obama in like Spider-Man. Time is relative. Would you see, if you went back and watched Spider-Man and Obama was in it, you wouldn't be like, oh, it's no big deal. He wasn't the president yet. Or would you be like, oh my gosh, President Obama was in Spider-Man. <laughs> when was he in Spider-Man? He wasn't. I'm saying if he was, oh. <laughs> you wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. 
Okay. He's only in it for one line. It's just like, oh, over there. Over there. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. Um. Anyway, yeah, Olympus Fallen. The interesting thing about this movie is that they choose North Korea to have this, like, extremely, like, smart, technical invasion of America, which is just not possible. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I think. Well, because, like, I don't know. Like, men on the ground invasion. Well, like, North Korea struggles to launch rockets. Right, yeah. So they're going to infiltrate the White House, steal the president. Right, with physical people, like, there. It's not, And kill, like, a million people. Yeah. Well, that's just kind of the thing. I mean, they're the enemy at the time that that movie came out. You know, they were the bad guys. That's kind of how all these things think about Red Dawn. You know, back then, oh, it's the Soviets. Yep. Think about the movie I'm about to talk about, Rocky IV. Oh, yeah. The Soviet. He's like the big red-blooded communist man who needs to be defeated. You know, that's like, at the time in the 80s, it was like, that was the fear. You know, it's like, so it's always in these films, especially the ones with these. So I guess that's the only one that I have. It's like not military is Rocky Four. Interesting. Um, but it's boxing, so that's pretty close. Um, but more than just the enemy of the time of the 80s, even more than the Soviets was, of course, robots. Because as we all remembered, um, Polly's robot from Rocky Four. how could you forget? Right. Um, happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> and then he turns it into a woman. Happy birthday. And then uh, he's like, that's my girl. And Apollo's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> just a random robot named Seiko. Well, his real name, the actor's name was Seiko. The robot didn't have a name. But the robot who was an actor was also in, um, oh, what was he in? He was in other stuff too at the time. He was really okay. big. What's actually interesting about that robot, because this is obviously what I'm trying to talk about, is uh, I think the guy who invented the robot, Seiko, used it somehow to like help like autistic children learn or something. Oh, okay. It's about like, interacting with them and like just making them comfortable. And Sylvester Stallone's, like, second son, I think, was autistic, or is autistic, I don't know. And um, that's how they, like, got in contact. And so he put it in the movie. But here's the sad thing. The director's cut of Rocky IV that I think is coming out at the end of the year, he's cutting the robot out of the movie. What the frick? So he's not going to be in it anymore. I protest. I was saying we should get a cut that's from the robot's perspective, you know? It's just that like could be interesting. The robot cut. Yeah, the robot watching the the fight from the stands and being like, "What's going on?" Maybe we know? could put the robot into real steel. That would be interesting because that's probably inspiration, right? I mean, it's got to be. Rocky it's, buys it's a all really right there. billionaire dollar robot. It's all right there. It's all right there. Um, but I did want to point out that whole, like you said, era with the certain enemy. Red Dawn, Russians, the Soviet Union, Rocky IV, and then North yeah. Koreans, uh, Olympus Has Fallen. Um, it, it's kind of interesting how that works out. It is very interesting. Um, I also wanted to say something. I meant to say it when we did American Sniper. Okay. So we're going to go back a little bit. Great. I love talking about American Sniper. Right. I wanted to talk about just the idea, because like I said, Clint Eastwood has always had an anti-war stance. So it's just the idea of intent versus effect, right? Um, obviously, people talked about American Sniper a lot. It was very controversial. Is American Sniper a failure, then, if Clint Eastwood had an anti-war message? 
is his movie a failure? Is it a failure because people misinterpreted his work? If that was, you know, truly his intention, which I, it had, I assume it is, you know, mm. to give the benefit of the doubt. Um, cause personally I've always described to the notion of like death of the author and that as soon as you put something out, whatever it becomes is like what it is truly, you know, it doesn't really matter. And that can even be put on an individual level. Yeah. Like one can, person can like American Sniper cause it's pro war and one person can like it cause it's anti-war. Right. And those opinions can both exist at the same time. Um, but just from a, a personal perspective, you know, I wonder if he would consider this movie, even though it was financially, I believe, you know, Very successful. success, uh, uh, an artistic, creative success. Hmm. I don't know. If it was me. And I mean, oh, sure. Sorry. I don't know. If it was me, I'd probably be like kind of sad mm-hmm. about it. But as long as at least some people got it, got it I would yeah. be like, that's okay. It makes me also think of an idea of this would be a very extreme example, but uh, an idea of responsibility. Um, if you're talking about a movie of like birth of a nation, which as you said, like revitalized the KKK. Yeah. Pretty cool. Right. You know, it's like being that kind of director or thinking about like when we talked about Spike Lee way back when, and there were critics saying, Oh, Spike Lee's going to incite a race war with his, uh, do the right thing. Yeah. Like, he's trying to incite a race war and stuff like that. It's like, at what point, is there like could there ever be responsibility put onto an individual or a group of people because of a piece of media? And I, I would hope yes to a certain extent, but mm. you couldn't really imagine it happening to like a Hollywood film, you know. But if somebody makes a YouTube video and they're like have a thousand subscribers and they're like go outside and stab somebody, you know, the cops are going to be like, "What the fuck?" and you know, take you down. But if people were inspired on such a level as like Birth of a Nation, it's like. Well, obviously back then everything was different. Right. But, yeah. Very different. But in, in that same vein, like if one person saw American Sniper and went and go and went like killed a Muslim because they saw that movie, you know, like where that does that lie? And at what point are you like someone needs to do something about this? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's interesting. It is interesting thought. It, it's something that only exists on such a grand scale, I guess. Um, I don't know. People are weird. Yeah. Interesting world we live in. But I have one, but actually by one, I mean two Okay. <laughs> movies to talk about. One franchise, but two movies. And that's Independence Day. There it is. Which I think came out in 1996, because I think it was like the 25th anniversary. Um, Independence Day, while being very patriotic and very America, yay, uh, did not have support from the military. Because the military, if you put them, you know, get their help. They get final say on the script. Um, They will not let you release your movie if they don't like your script. They will stop it and say, nope, can't make it. Sorry. Nice. Very nice of them. And they didn't like, again, you hear multiple stories. I heard one said they didn't like that they blew up the White House or whatever. Or the the Capitol building. Literally one of the most iconic scenes. It's the White House. House, yeah. Literally one of the most iconic scenes all time. Right. In any movie. So I heard a story say that they didn't like that. Unreal. I heard another one say that they didn't like Will Smith being the character to represent uh, the military. Racism. Maybe. (laughs) I don't don't know. What is happening? But but apparently, like, oh, yeah, this character's morals don't fit with, like, what we want to show. So they didn't like... I heard one story. It was that. Um... Well, I think he was, like, dating a stripper or something, and, like, I forget. It was something like that. He punches an alien in the face and then says, says, welcome Welcome to Earth. Earth. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty cool. 
Um, but they didn't have any support because of whatever reason, right? But at the end of the day, they're like, oh, America alone saved the world from aliens. So it's very patriotic. Yay. You know? However, a However. sequel came out to Independence Resurgence. Day. I never saw it. Independ- Me neither. <laughs> I don't watch these movies. <laughs> <laughs> called Independence Day Resurgence. And I'm not going to talk about the movie because I've never seen it and I don't care to. I'm going to talk about the promotions for this movie. Okay. Because like you said with uh, Top Gun and having you know Navy recruiters at the theaters... That's all well and good. Sure. But how about, oh, you want to watch this trailer to the movie? Enlist in the military. <laughs> that was a thing? Sort of. So they would have a website that was like Independence Day, whatever.com. That wasn't a real website. It would send you to goarmy.com slash like resurgence or whatever. Nice. So you were on the Go Army website and they had like mini games. They're like, oh, decode the alien thing. Oh, fly the plane and the little track, you know, or whatever. They're like, oh, you do it, and you unleash the, the, the trailers. You get the trailers. It's like, oh, you want to get on the site? Sign in with your Facebook Oy. and get on our site. And then oh, no. the Army profiles, they're like, give them your contact list, your thing, your this, your this. It's like, give them all your information, and you can watch this fun trailer for Independence Day Resurgence. So you do it, and then Army has all of your information. They probably could have like your address if you have it there you know like they can send you mail they can send you all this shit just to like really bombard you and um a lot of the trailers even ones that like were literally modeled after actual army commercials which are a thing you know yeah it was specifically the army the branch of the military i probably have mixed it up sometimes and just said whatever um and uh, so stuff like that, like they had like the warriors on the front lines of the earth space defense, I think is what they called it, you know, whatever. And it's like, become a hero, to enlist today, private, whatever. But like, you could actually just enlist to the army, like on the same site. <laughs> like, wow. You could just do it. This is crazy. Um, and uh, this kind of gets me to a point where there's a certain level of cynicism you either have to accept or not, where it's if you talk about these things, it's like propaganda. Okay, let's just say that. Are you going to draw the line where it's like, when does it become propaganda? Or do you just accept it all as propaganda, you know, quote unquote? Like a very popular genre, I guess, of like videos is the soldier reunion with the family. Yeah. You see those all the time. They're heart-wrenching, whatever. Are you going to be such a cynic that it's like, all of these are propaganda? Or do you, you know, do you kind of let up and be like, okay, whatever. It's kind of hard not to, to disassociate the two from each other. Mm. Cause it's like, it's a nice thing seeing families be reunited, yeah. but they're also often used as part of like recruiting things like, oh, look how proud they are of their family or whatever. Like, see, he was in the military now his grandson is, and he's just back. And it's like, oh, they're so sad or whatever. Mm. You see the old men crying and stuff and you're like, oh man. But it's yeah. it's just uh, reinforcing kind of that that um, just uh, a legacy, I guess, that tradition almost in people. Where it's mm. like, oh, if your dad enlists, you better enlist too, or else you're failing him, you know. Mm. Um, and it's it's just interesting to see those things. Like, how do you feel? Do you feel those videos are like, you know, uh, propaganda or supporting that sort of cause? Um, I I never really thought about it that way, mm-hmm. but I mean. Now that you mention it, I mean, I, <laughs> no, guess, yeah. I could see it right like that, yeah. but 
for me personally, no. Mm. Right, because there's a certain level of, like I said, cynicism that you have to accept where it's like, where do right. I draw the line? Because then it's like, is any depiction of the military that is positive bad? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's that's maybe a little too far to go. Um, however, <laughs> I guess, um, I do think that there's just, it's so weird just to kind of divorce from the movie talk and just go in since we've been going so hard in the military, um, especially in America because patriotism, yay America. Um, it really is ingrained in the culture of the youth of the military being this huge like deal, you know, mm. military recruiters sometimes have just offices in high schools or yes. at the very least just hang out. I know we had one. Very we might have even had two. I thought, I remember the guy being very annoying as well. I don't, I don't know if you're talking about specifically the guy at our school, but yeah. I remember the guy and I was like, okay, he'd always come over and be like, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, bro, I don't want to talk to you. I was like, I'm not, what are you doing? Get away from me. Um, but luckily I think most people, when he usually came around me, cause I think it started like my junior year, he would go to like the junior and senior lunches mostly. I was at a table that was like mostly girls. So he wouldn't go to that table. Cause he's, you know, you go for the guys. They're the easier targets, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it is also interesting thinking about how, uh, it, it, I just think it's really lucky for the military. I think it's really fortuitous that college is so expensive and, you know, it's such a good option and we're so lucky that we can join the military and then college is more affordable. Yeah. Maybe, which they don't tell you. It's maybe more affordable. <laughs> I think that's just very lucky and it's very lucky that it just happened to be that way and nobody caused that to happen or is keeping it that way. I think it's just like... Just another perk. I know, like, what what a chance. Like, what are the chances of that, that it would just be like that and nothing caused it? I know. It's All awesome. Thanks to America. That's so cool. I think so, too. I love it. It's really awesome. Um, and also just the idea of recruiters generally being oftentimes disingenuous and the idea of... <laughs> I, I'm not going to criticize a criti uh, military lifestyle, like, as in once you're in what they put you through. Um, besides, you know, the behind closed doors, like rampant sexual assault, it's like one in three women and one in 14 men or something like that. Um, and of course, veterans just being oftentimes like just discarded and have like the number one suicide rate of like any group. Mm. Um, I just think that the, the lifestyle of like, oh, be committed. You can't quit. Blah, blah, blah. I get that. That feels needed for if you're really going to have a military, if like, you know, if you're going to do that. That idea makes sense. I can't... Like, if you're talking about war, I'm not going to be like, oh, but you're kind of mean. It's like, no, if you're killing people, then you're going to put up with a few things, I guess. Which is a weird stance to have, but I, whatever. Um, anti, I'm anti-war, actually. Not me. I know, I know. But I was just saying... But again, maybe we're just getting too much in the weeds, but I had some things that I felt I wanted to say. I'm good. <laughs> I, maybe I should have said too much. Yeah, it's good to be transparent. Yeah, just like the military. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We know exactly. You know what's a funny meme? The Saddam Hussein meme. I don't know if I've seen this. You haven't seen the Saddam Hussein meme? So have you seen, like, it's the diagram of, like, oh, tube in the ground, and then it was, like, a tunnel, and it was, like, Saddam, Sudan's secret, Saddam Hussein's secret hideout, and he's just, like, a red person just laying there, and it's, like, but that was, like, the diagram of, like, what they showed. And so people just put it into different areas. Like someone, there was like a, uh, a diagram of like a human penis 
was like in the balls. It was like that's where Saddam Hussein hides. <laughs> that's funny. And then there was one that was like a good character design. You can tell just from the silhouette. And there's just like random characters. And the last one was just like the little very nondescript <laughs> like body. That's funny. I've never seen it that. Was really fun. I'll have to show you some of those, and you can show me the funny Vin Diesel ones. Yes. Um, but yeah, I guess that does it for our, our spotlight. Yeah, we we lit the spot. We did light the spot indeed. Just like the fireworks on Fourth of July with drive that drive my dog crazy. He yeah. Hates him. My dog too. Yeah, it's too too bad. What are you gonna do? Okay. You know what time it is. I know what time it is. Reviews of the week. Of the week. I did this time. Usually you do that part. I know. What the freak? I know. I'm switching it up for America Day. Yeah, freedom. Freedom fries. Remember freedom fries? Freedom fries. Yeah, instead of french fries. Maybe. Okay. All right. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, You go first. I usually go first, so you go first. One out of ten. One out of ten. How can something so big be so bad? What I what did I like about this movie? Well, it was in color. Much better than black and white. Okay. Let's see. The language used was English. Made it easier to understand than, say, I don't know, Mandarin. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. I didn't have to pay anything to see it. Financially, that is. I did have to clock off a couple hours on the dwindling meter of my life. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good review. Yeah. But that's a toughie. Yeah, it gives you nothing. I mean, I can give you... There's actually another line, but I thought I'd give it away. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll just it'll just give it away, so... Want me to say it? No. Okay. Hammy, overacted, silly, yes to all. What was blank bringing his brand of humor into a so-called serious film for? I don't know. I give up. Independence Day. That, oh, man. I was going to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm upset. You got it. You should always just, even if you don't know, you should always just guess. Guess. That's true. That's true. Dang it. You'll seem more stupid if you don't say it. Okay. Which I'll take into consideration right now. Well, you'll be able to figure mine out easy. Okay. Well, okay. I'll do, okay. I have two. My fellow Americans. One of them is really short and I'll let you guess on this one because the other one kind of gives it away. Okay. Two out of five. Her biggest fear is being in a birdemic. <laughs> being in a birdemic. <laughs> Her. Her biggest fear. What was the movie she talked about at the beginning? Divergent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Nice. You anyway. said her, so that didn't really give me that many options. Dang it. Hey, hey, you. Do you like young adult dystopian franchises? You. You do? You like the Hunger Games? <laughs> Sweet. What if? What if? Why is this guy talking like an army recruiter? <laughs> what if? You know it's just like the Hunger Games? The front lines. <laughs> what if we made a whole movie about the training scenes that took up 20 minutes of the Hunger Games? Oh, you don't have a father figure in your life? Oh. You know what? That would be like good for that? Join the army. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like boring shit. Oh, uh, I mean, we can put some M83 in Tame Impala on the soundtrack. If that sweetens <laughs> the deal for you a bit, I guess. I don't know. You don't know what major you want to do in college? That's so funny. Ha ha. 
that was also for a diverge. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny. Birdemic. Birdemic. Because I, that's funny because I didn't say when I talked about the movie, yeah. but the, the test that they do, I remember I talked about the test. Yes. The test that they do is like they have to face their like biggest fears and her fear is like birds attacking her. Weird. <laughs> anyway. That's so strange. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you before we get to our email. Okay. Uh, can you do any presidents? Like impressions? Uh, probably not. I can do uh, George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we, you don't even know what he said? I'm George like... Washington. What's up? I'm George Washington. Have you seen my coat? It's got bullet holes. Oh, in here, it. wait. I got it. I can do George Washington. That it was George Washington. No, I do John Adams. Do John Adams. What is? I was just gonna do some Hamilton songs. Oh, I was okay. be like, we are outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered, outplanned. Yeah, that's George Washington. Lafayette. I'm taking this horse by the rear. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. That's my George Washington. Oh, my, my fellow Americans. My, my fellow Americans. Are, <laughs> is that what he sounds like? Michelle and I, we thought. That America, yeah, that's pretty good. Is, yeah, okay, yeah, is awesome. The China virus, <laughs> China. It was incredible. It was incredible. Hillary, you'd be in jail. You'd be in jail. <laughs> what about what about Biden? Oh, I, I got it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We are gonna fight. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> the breathing was good though. Yeah, it was the sniffing. It was the it was the sniffing the hair, you know. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> All right, we got an email. Email, email. We, we did you know? Email. Hey, did you know that you can email us at thestaglerpod at gmail.com? At That's thestaglerpod at gmail.com. That's all it takes. Questions, concerns, comments? You could Attach a file of you doing an impression of a president. That would be cool. That anyway, would be cool. We got one in here that says, Hey guys, I recently saw the Black Widow movie. I'm so sorry. That's unfortunate. It was a fine, normal MCU movie. Be that a good or bad thing to you too. Who would have thought? But I couldn't help but notice it mentioned Ohio like five times. What? I noticed MC. They mentioned Ohio, I remember, in Winter Soldier. They went to like Cleveland or something, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I remember when we went, the like theater clapped. I was like, oh. Yeah. I wonder how many they clapped. How many times? I noticed MCU movies do location cards as just one big word across the screen. New York, London, Tokyo. Yeah. Where other movies have it small in the corner. Well, I think Winter Soldier did it small in the corner. Sometimes even with a date attached to them. Is there a preferred way you guys think movies should announce their current location? Or do you prefer it more ambiguous or just make it super obvious by having a landmark in the shot? Hmm. The one thing, people think they're making it super obvious when they show the Eiffel Tower. I disagree. Usually when they show the Eiffel Tower, it takes me like 20 minutes to figure out if it was in France or in Las Vegas. Right. If it was in Paris, you know, whatever. So I can't really say the landmark thing works all the time. Right. Because also I don't know, like, am I looking at a miniature, you know, could on be, a table? Could like, just be a camera Is trick. the camera about to zoom out and it's going to be like a child playing with toys or like Bobby Bacala. Right. Using trains. Just trains. We didn't mention that when we talked about his friend. He's into trains. Yeah, he likes trains a lot. Um, okay. <laughs> For me... I think it just kind of depends on, like, the vibe you want to give off in mm -hmm. your movie or show or whatever. So, like, 
for instance, in like Civil War, the big letters across the screen, I think, is cool. Yeah. And then, like in some other, like more like kind of like spy craft movies, mm-hmm. it's cool to have it like in the corner. It does like little like digitized like. Right. And you're like, oh, okay. It's I know very. Right. It's a. It's like a cliche at this point, honestly. Yeah. But my favorite use of this specific thing is in one of our favorite shows, Dark. Especially in the last season when they're switching between they switch between years like crazy. Yeah, all the, last the time. Season, they have this like it pops up, it's like nineteen thirty-six or whatever mm-hmm. the year was, and then it would go like tick 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 and it would like yeah. and the numbers would flip and then it would stop on the year they're in and then it would start another scene. I really like that. I as think a, that works really well. As a general rule, I like and this goes for like anything, not just technical locations. But I really enjoy big, bold graphics, especially in films where they don't happen too much. Yeah. So like a location scene, it's like New York and it's like stylized or something. I like those. But my absolute favorite, and I can't really even give you an example off the top of my head. Okay. But I like it when it's not one shot, but it's like a couple of shots that just like show like the culture or the area. Mm. So like if they went to Harlem, it could be like people sitting on the steps listening to something and then people like jumping in the fire hydrant and stuff and like just a bunch of shots like that where it's just like here's like uh four like you turn step to the right you see this step to the right you see this step to the yeah, right yeah i like that just like a really quick that is thing cool. um it just feels a little bit different and it feels a little less you get taken out of the movie less um i've seen ones for like britain too where it's like oh look there's the people on that one street and they're underneath the big ben and they're doing whatever yeah and it's a couple of shots just showing what's up and i think it works because not only do you get the general location. Because if you just say New York, it's okay, what does that mean? Right. There's a lot of New York. But if you do the, oh, here's London, but here's like the underground, you see like people under underpasses or overpasses and like, you know, just mm-hmm. hanging out like kind of the chav people. You're like, oh, it's this part of, yeah. you know, Britain or whatever. Uh, I think it gives you a little bit more and it takes you out of the movie less. But, I you know, if you're changing locations a lot, you don't have time for that. And I understand that. Right. You know, like uh, probably this movie or... Um, no time war. to die, or no time to die. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's that's how I feel. Yeah, that's good. That's valid. I am valid. Hooray. It um, did. okay. Well, that's the show. We did it. We did the show. The show we did. It, we we did it. We did do the show. And next episode, you guys. Speaking of Black Widow. Yeah. Oh my god. Guess what? We haven't done this in a long time. We haven't done it for ten episodes, I think. Which is a, yeah, it's a, a long while. time. That's 20 weeks. That's half a year. That's half a year. We're going to be doing another actor slash... Well, less than than half a year. We're going to be doing an actor slash actress in this time. An actress. Who are we doing? It rhymes with... Margaret... Conchlanson. It does rhyme with that. It's Scarlett Johansson. Uh Uh-huh. So that was pretty good. Margaret was good. I didn't see that coming. Um... Yes, we're going to be doing, okay, not all of our movies should have been a lot of movies, but we're going to been a lot of movies. We're going to try our best. We're going to try our best. We've luckily seen quite a few of them. Yeah, it's not like Amy Adams where we're dedicating four right. hours to Amy Adams because, yeah. I mean, we like Scar Joe, but mm. no, she's in. I, you know, how I feel about Amy Adams. Yeah. When we do Charlize Theron eventually, it's going to be a five hour one, probably six hours. Yes, five hour intermission and then six more hours. But, you know. 
I mean, we both like ScarJo. That's why we're doing an episode. Yeah, of course. But we don't like ScarJo. You know, they've been in a lot of movies. Okay, we can't see all of them. We can't see all of them, especially because she's been acting since she was like a child. Yeah. Um. So there's probably like 15 extra movies that like Amy Adams didn't have. You know. Yeah. Um. But we will do that. We will be seeing. We're gonna try to see most. You know, or at least the important ones. Whatever that yeah. means. Uh, we'll see what we do. You guys can yell at us next time when we've seen nothing. And as we said before, Sopranos will be done next episode as well. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Yeah. So if you're watching yeah. along, you better finish up. Time to finish up. Nine episodes. Yeah, yeah. You have 14 days to watch nine. Well, 13 days. Mm, that's true. To watch yeah. nine episodes. So that'll be for your homework for you guys and our homework for us. Because we have to do it. Like, yeah. Otherwise, what are we going to do? <laughs> otherwise, we just sit here in silence for two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. We could always do. We could have, we could have a silent episode. If I knew sign language, yeah, yeah, podcast, just sign language podcast, that could be good. I yeah. think we made this joke. <laughs> we oh. did a quiet place. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, um, thank you so much for supporting us and watching the show, Captain America. Stay American. Stay American. Um, I guess uh, why don't you sing us out, Nick, with the national anthem. I'm sexy and I know it. Do, 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 do.